Welcome to Trifern Heroes, Legend of Zelda podcast. I'm Ellen. I'm Kayla. I'm awesome. And today we're talking about Breath of the Wild. Yeah! Yay. Finally! <laughs> finally. Everyone. It's really hard to talk about this game now without talking about Tears of the Kingdom. Right? Yeah. Try to avoid major, <laughs> we'll avoid major spoilers, but there, there will be casual references. <laughs> so what, like, by the time this comes out, the game will be, what, two months old, almost? A month and a half? Yeah, it came out in May, and yeah. it, this comes out Maybe July 1st. You put like a thing at the head of the episode that's like warning. It's like there's no major spoilers for Tears of the Kingdom, but we do like casually mention some things from Tears like, of the Kingdom, gameplay and location things. Yeah, you've been warned, Just so we don't get angry this. emails. <laughs> Nobody listens to this podcast. What are you talking about? <laughs> In Breath of the Wild, Link awakens to a world of chaos. <laughs> Sorry, I made myself laugh. Calamity Ganon has taken over the seat of Hyrule, and the divine beasts, great machines created to stop Ganon have gone haywire, unable to be controlled. Link must return the divine beasts to the people of Hyrule's control, recover memories from his past, recover his strength, and the Master Sword in order to finally stop Calamity Ganon and save Princess Zelda, who's been holding back Ganon while he slept safely. Wait, while Link slept safely for a hundred years. <laughs> Quite a to-do list. Ambiguous. Mm -hmm. For real. Although all of that's technically optional. You can just go fight Ganon, I guess, if you want. <laughs> I think I meant to say if you want at the end of this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that that's what makes this game great. Anyway, Lauded <laughs> is one of the best games of all time and best -selling video one of the best-selling video games of all time, objectively, by the stats. This game was released March 3rd, 2017 worldwide, and I have personally logged over 290 hours playing it. <laughs> oh, and it sold 31.5 million, million copies as of whenever the stats are. This is like the same stats, like article that I refer to always in all these episodes that has like stats from a specific time that intended a presentation. Just for the record, the last game that we looked at that has sold the most, like the second highest selling before this game, the highest selling before this game was Twilight Princess, which was 8.85 million. So it's sold more than three times Twilight Princess. And for the record also, there's finally some numbers that have come out about Tears of the Kingdom. And apparently it sold over 10 million copies in the first three days worldwide. That stat is from May 17th, 2023. So <laughs> we'll see what happens when we go to actually record our... I don't even know if there's going to be full stats, obviously. when we, We're we going to talk about Tears of the Kingdom next. So that's in like a month, basically. So who knows what it'll be like then. But yeah, mm -hmm. it's already also sold a third of Breath of the Wild. And that's like way more than Breath of the Wild sold in its opening three days. So mm -hmm. interesting. Everybody has a Switch now. For sure. After COVID. Do you want to guess what the best-selling video game of all time is, according to this Wikipedia article that uh, that I looked at? Because I didn't realize that... I assumed the Breath of the Wild was like... I mean, it was a top-selling game, but I didn't realize it was actually one of the top best of all time. Mm -hmm. Do you want to guess what the top best of all time is, according to this list? Do you want me to give you a clue? <laughs> no, Pac-Man is on the list. Huh? Console. What console is it's on? on a, it's on PC and oh. Xbox. Oh. Um, it's not Halo. Yeah. <laughs> PC and Xbox. So I was going to... Because I know Horizon did very well, but I wasn't sure if it was... And like, a lot of the PlayStation games, like, are very top quality. Um, the PlayStation exclusive on ones. PlayStation? Hold on, I'm checking. I know for sure that it, this game is on PC and Xbox. Any other guesses before I tell you? Go for it. It's Minecraft, apparently. Oh, Jesus <laughs> Christ. I should have known. I know. That's why I was like, oh, I really okay, should have yeah. known. 
Second second best selling was Grand Theft Auto. Third is Tetris. There's a Tetris version that was released in 2006 for mobile phone. It says multi platform, mm-hmm. but I think it was originally released for mobile phone or something. Then we sports. I thought about Tetris, but then I was like, a lot of Tetris is not official, so it's like, does that count as yeah. the sales status? I don't know. Yeah, Tetris. and it's probably been remade multiple times. You know, like I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the original Tetris from 1989 uh, that was released for Game Boy is also on this list. I don't know what position this is. It's getting down there. Uh, Mario Kart 8 is also one of the top. So it's like Minecraft, Grand Theft Auto 5, Tetris, this one version from EA, Wii Sports, PUBG Battlegrounds. I don't even know what that is. Um, um, whatever. Yeah. So I think it's a yeah. like what PC. Yeah, it's the same sort of game Fortnite game. is. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And then Mario Kart, uh, Super Mario Brothers, like the original one. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's multi-platform. I think it's counting all the ports or whatever, I'm guessing. Yeah. Uh, and then Red Dead and Overwatch. Mm-hmm. And then The Witcher and then Pokemon. Red. Mm-hmm. Red slash green slash blue. Slash yellow apparently is included in this stat. So <laughs> there you go. And then somewhere down there, ACNH, Animal Crossing New Horizons is down here. Pac-Man is below that. Mario Kart. And then Wii Sports. And then Breath of the Wild. <laughs> So, mm-hmm. but so considering all games of all time, yeah, like Diablo three is on this list. Duck Hunt, like yeah. all games of all yeah. time across all platforms, lots of Pokemon, multi releases and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's pretty impressive that a single game on a single, con- or I guess, well, most of the sales are for Switch. Yeah, there's only like a million or something for Wii U. So on a basically a single console, it's one of the highest selling games of all time. So pretty interesting, mm-hmm. I thought. Anyway, it's that time where we seamlessly segue to Kayla to actually talk about story. Hey, story. So Breath of the Wild begins with confusion for both us and Link. (laughs) A distant voice calls out to him from the darkness, pleading with him to open his eyes, and Link awakens in a strange place. He's lying half-submerged in a pool of blue liquid, in a small room surrounded by unfamiliar organic-looking machinery, all glowing dimly in the dark. He stands and tentatively begins to explore the room eventually finding a small device that bears absolutely no resemblance to a Nintendo Switch console. Mm-hmm. The voice calls it a Sheikah Slate and tells Link to take it, as it will help guide him after his long slumber. The Sheikah Slate immediately proves its worth by opening the door out of the room when Link touches it to a nearby pedestal to activate it. Link emerges out of the dark cavern into the light and finds himself looking out over a vast and beautiful world, the Kingdom of Hyrule. He stands now on a tall, isolated outcropping of land known as the Great Plateau, and he seems to be all alone save for an odd old man who cheerfully tells Link all about the plateau and its features, though he seems reluctant to share anything much about himself. As Link continues to wander, the voice from before chimes in again to guide him toward a particular spot on the plateau, which is marked on a map displayed on a Sheikah slate. There, Link finds another waiting pedestal, but this one triggers a much more dramatic response when he uses the slate to activate it. The ground begins to rumble and shake, and from beneath Link's feet, a huge tower rises from the ground, shedding rock and dirt as it goes. In the distance, more towers emerge from the ground all across Hyrule. When the tremoring stops and Link recovers from the surprise enough to get back on his feet, he finds that the tower has gathered information about the surrounding area and transferred it to his Sheikah Slate, expanding his limited map. Link takes the slate back and turns to go, when the voice calls out to him again, telling him that he has been asleep for 100 years and pleading with him to try and remember. In time with the voice, Link notices a golden light shining on the horizon from the center of the distant Hyrule Castle. As Link peers across the land at it, a monstrous shadow rises from the castle as well, encircling it in a dark aura. The beast is regaining its power, the voice warns, and soon the world will face its end. Link must hurry before it's too late. With that heavy assignment churning in his mind, Link makes his way back down from the tower, where he meets the old man from earlier. 
He comments rather casually on the sudden emergence of the towers, and also points out that the smaller shrines all across the land also apparently came to life and began glowing at the same time. The old man also seems to be quite interested in the voice Link has been hearing, and also seems to know quite a bit about the bestial shadow hovering over Hyrule Castle. He explains that it is known as Calamity Ganon, and that it brought ruin to the kingdom one hundred years ago. Since then, its evil has been contained to the castle, if only barely, building strength to spread its blight across the land once again. He asks Link if he plans to head toward the castle, and when Link confirms that he does, he points out the impossibility of safely descending from the high plateau without assistance. Of course, the old man happens to have a paraglider handy, as you do, and he's willing to part with it if Link explores the four recently activated shrines on the plateau for the treasure they might hold. Link agrees to this, because what else is he going to do? <laughs> he doesn't find much in the way of traditional treasure inside the shrines, but he does gain access to strange and powerful new abilities for a Sheikah Slate, as well as something called a Spirit Orb after he uses those new powers to solve the challenges within. This is enough for the old man, however, who asks Link to meet him at the nearby Temple of Time, where he then reveals his true identity. The old man is actually the lingering spirit of Rome Bosphoramus Hyrule, the last king of Hyrule who ruled when the Calamity struck and destroyed the kingdom. He tells Link more of what happened a hundred years ago, how they were guided by an ancient prophecy to seek buried relics with the power to oppose Ganon. Autonomous warriors known as Guardians, as well as four massive machines called Divine Beasts that would be piloted by skilled champions. The prophecy also told of a princess with a sacred power and her appointed knight who wielded the legendary sword which seals the darkness. With the signs of Ganon's return looming, they prepared to follow this prophecy. Champions were chosen and vowed to support the princess and her knight in battle where they would face Ganon and seal him away. Things went very wrong. Having been defeated this way in the past, Ganon was ready this time. He used his power to seize control of the Guardians and Divine Beasts and turn them against Hyrule. The champions were all killed, and the Guardians rained destruction upon the land. The knight was gravely wounded and collapsed defending the princess, who survived to face Ganon alone, and since then, the two have been locked in a battle of wills, keeping the Calamity restrained. The princess, of course, was the king's own daughter, Zelda, and Link was the appointed knight who defended her so courageously. When he fell, he was brought to the Shrine of Resurrection, where he slowly healed and regained his strength over the last one hundred years. The guiding voice he has been hearing since waking is Zelda's, calling out for his help as her power wanes against Ganon's resistance. The king humbly asks Link to please save his daughter, and to do everything he can to destroy Ganon. Link is up for it, of course, being a hero type and all, but the king suggests that he's maybe not quite ready to charge directly into the castle to punch Ganon in the face, though more power to him if he wants to try. And so instead directs him toward Kakariko Village to speak to someone called Impa for further guidance. Link takes this advice, or doesn't if he's controlled by a speedrunner, <laughs> <laughs> and sets out, using the newly acquired paraglider to safely descend from the plateau to the wider world of Hyrule. When he reaches Kakariko, Impa greets him warmly as an old friend, and is concerned by Link's apparent memory loss when he fails to recognize her. She tells him a bit more about the Calamity, how it was just the most recent of a long-running conflict between Ganon and the descendants of the goddess and her allies. She also passes on a final message from Zelda, left for Link before she went to face Ganon alone. Free the Four Divine Beasts. It turns out that the Four Divine Beasts, once controlled by the champions of the Goron, Rido, Zoro, and Gerudo people, still wander the lands under Ganon's control. If Link can regain their power, they'll be extremely helpful in the fight to come. She also suggests that he revisit places he once went to with Zelda back before the Calamity, in hopes that seeing them again might help regain some of his memories. And so off he goes, traveling all across Hyrule to defeat the phantom remnants of Ganon controlling each beast, along the way learning more about what happened to the world 100 years ago, how it's changed since, and the relationships he once had with the other champions fighting for Hyrule, and especially with the Princess Zelda. 
He also finds and reclaims the Master Sword, which Zelda hid safely under the watch of the Great Deku Tree to await Link's return. With the sword that seals the darkness, the power of the freed divine beasts and the spirits of their champions, and a remembered and renewed conviction to save his princess, Link is finally ready to face Calamity Ganon. He breaches the dangerous, guardian-filled walls of Hyrule Castle to reach its innermost chamber, where the twisted form of Ganon is rebuilding its strength in a strange, pulsating cocoon. Zelda's voice calls out to warn Link that her power is failing and she can no longer hold Ganon back. The Calamity bursts forth from its cocoon, but before it can attack, the waiting spirits of the champions have their divine beast take aim and launch the original planned counter-strike, significantly weakening Ganon for Link. The long-fated foes finally face off in the depths of Hyrule Castle. Link emerges victorious from this first bout, but Ganon isn't quite finished. He flees to the fields outside the castle, where he transforms into a giant, monstrous, boar-like form. Zelda helps Link to pursue him, and also provides a powerful sacred weapon in the form of the Bow of Light. Link takes the horseback to circle around Ganon, avoiding huge sweeping attacks and striking back with the light arrows when Zelda is able to reveal the monster's weak points. In the end, the calamity that had haunted Hyrule for so long finally falls, and Zelda, freed from its grasp, is finally able to fully harness her sacred power and seal him away. In the aftermath, Link approaches Zelda on the field. She stands facing away from him, telling him about how she's watched over him all this time, his slow recovery, and his trials in battle as he prepared to face Ganon. She always believed he would find a way, never once losing faith in him. She turns around with a smile, intentively asks if he truly remembers her now. And then if you found all the optional memories in the game, there's one final scene of Link and Zelda preparing to travel across Hyrule together, ready to rebuild the Broken Kingdom. The end. Look, <laughs> are just like, that's it. <laughs> no big deal. It's like, she did it! <laughs> And also, she watched over Link all this time. <laughs> every dubious food meal cooked. <laughs> every broken stick. <laughs> every roasted apple thrown on the ground by a fire. <laughs> every every death time from that Lionel place. killed me on top of that. Your hero's path of that definitely made me laugh. <laughs> I really enjoyed that. And then I went in Tears of the Kingdom, I went back, and I was like, is this like... Or no, and he's not there. Oh, no, I went back after we were talking about this to do that quest, and I was like, he keeps seeing me. How did I avoid him before? Did they, like, change this in a patch or something? Like, It definitely felt harder to me. I don't know. Maybe we just got worse. I don't games. know. <laughs> maybe. I, don't I feel, feel like, like I was able even... to pretty easily just kind of sneak, sneak around. around the outside and grab the arrows, but... Yeah, he definitely kept spotting and killing me. I think the one thing that I learned playing all of these games that I see, like, when my husband's playing and he does stuff, and I'm like, oh, you should just wait. I I think the one thing that I learned in all these, that a lot of times when I struggle is because I'm not being patient enough. It's like, mm-hmm. you have to wait mm-hmm. for the boss to reset, go through its cycle, and you have to, like, wait sometimes for a better opportunity mm-hmm. to strike. And I feel like, Maybe we were just impatient. <laughs> I don't know. Because <laughs> you're like, now I know what I have to do. I'm not as I'm not as scared of the the Lionel yeah. or whatever. Maybe that's what happened. I don't know. Maybe like before we were like, I'll take one step and then wait ten minutes and then take another yeah. step. <laughs> Go as slow as possible. Make as little noise. Take off all your equipment. Mm-hmm. This time it was like, oh, he's not looking. And then it's like, just kidding. He saw me. I must flee yeah. as far away as possible. Yeah, they have a really wide aggro range. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Apparently, <laughs> apparently they do. Yeah, there's one at the like far north of the map, like above uh, Death Mountain and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was just kind of like hanging out on some like high cliff or whatever, watching him. And all of a sudden, he just turned and looked at me. I was like, "Ah, oh, shit!" <laughs> <laughs> 
and they like stare at you yeah like, it's so creepy <laughs> they have like glowing eyes Mm-hmm. The only time when I was playing this game, the only time I fought a Lionel was the time that you have to in Hyrule Castle. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> after I had all my hearts and everything, and I just like crushed him. <laughs> I just sneak up to the top. <laughs> I mean, that's that's also smart. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't. I was following the road. Yeah, I skipped most of the castle. I used the um the Zora armor to climb the waterfalls. <laughs> <laughs> we. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, we got our uh, another variation of our classic trio, the like Zelda and a a Ganon. sort of more monstrous uh, version of Ganon, like not one of the more uh, like intelligent plotting versions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, Calamity yeah. Ganon, which sounds like a uh, like a Wild West movie <laughs> villain. Yeah. <laughs> it's Calamity Ganon. <laughs> <laughs> I like Calamity Ganon, though. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like he's his glowing, cool. hot yeah. aesthetic. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's actually, he's really creepy looking in the, the battle before he transforms into the boar form, where he's got like, mm-hmm. bits of like, guardian kind of like a tech sticking fighter. out of him. And, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah he's kind of like, goopy. He kind of reminds me of like No-Face, which um, long-time <laughs> listeners of the podcast will know that I absolutely hate. <laughs> I don't remember if we've ever discussed <laughs> this. I'm pretty sure we have, though. Like, I'm thinking later after No Face swallows the frog and has the froggy yeah, yeah, legs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's kind of what, what Kalani Gaiman looks like. Like like mm, a spider, yeah. kind of, with, like, guardian bits. Yeah, he's definitely scuttly. <laughs> scuttly. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's an accurate description. Yeah. <laughs> the blight oh, ones yeah. in, the, in the, the manifestations of him in the uh, Divine Beast are also really creepy. Mm-hmm. Similarly creepy. But more in, like, a human esque kind of way like more mm. like a zombie kind of look not like yeah. a bug yeah yeah something i didn't really notice until playing the um the champions ballad dlc is that the the blights are kind of a like twisted form of the champion that they oppose oh that's interesting it's like like when Blight ganon uses like a long distance weapon and mm. stuff and like the uh the thunder Blight ganon has a sword and shield and like some enlightening powers, like a Rosa and stuff. Yeah, and that's kind of neat. It is neat. Mm-hmm. Uh, really like this version of uh, Link and Zelda. Me too. Yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I really like this version of Zelda. Yeah, it's a really good Zelda. She's just like a, a really complex character for a. I know, especially for a Zelda game, but just like in general, like she's got all sorts of her own like fears and doubts and issues, and like she takes them out on Link for a little while and. Mm-hmm. And Link's also got some, you know, his own kind of characterization in that way, though it's obviously more subtle since he doesn't talk. But mm-hmm. <laughs> you get it kind of through the memories and through, uh, like, Zelda's diary and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know if you want to talk about it now, but I really enjoy the memories as a, the vehicle for that the story comes through in this game. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I really enjoy how the character... Because basically, like, what's happening is you're... As Link, you're alone, right? But you have this past with all these other characters... And so you get all their interaction, like all their backstory and stuff through the memories, which is mm-hmm. really cool. Like how like Rivaldi like hated Link, <laughs> basically. Mm-hmm. And uh how Mifa Mifa loved Link in reverse. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. a reverse relationship. And like kind of Urboso was really protective of Zelda. So that even they get a, they're not even like main characters and they get like a you know, they're not or they're not like mm-hmm. the protagonists and they get a relationship like mm-hmm. that's that's shown and stuff and yeah it's really i don't know i think it's really cool 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, everyone's um, well characterized. Like the main characters, like it's not. Mm-hmm. You know, the other ones aren't as like super as a complex as like Link and Zelda, but they all have like very distinct characterizations and mm-hmm. motivations and everything. Mm-hmm. And relationships with each other, mm-hmm. like that are shown through the through the memories, which is really cool. Yeah, because like I think when you get like in other games, sometimes there are other memories. Like I'm thinking like Midna's relationship with the Twilight and like Xant and like flashbacks about that. But like most of the game mm-hmm. is like through Link's perspective and like Link's relationship with all the characters. So you get kind of like just so your only interaction was, is with Link and all the other characters. But in this, you can see other characters' interactions really well mm-hmm. and they're well characterized, I think, in yeah. this game. Yeah, especially with the um, the Champions Ballad DLC, which mm-hmm. shows you more about the the champions in their lives. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, for that in particular, I was fairly ambivalent on Mifa as a character. I didn't, like, dislike her or anything. I was just like, she's fine. Um, but there's, like, a scene in there that shows her, like, interacting with baby Sidon, and it's really cute. And it also shows a more, like, like really, like, kind of realistic and down-to-earth, like, side to her character. Like, she's the one who seems most aware that, like, there's a good chance she's going to die in this battle. Because mm-hmm. she's, like... Because she's basically, like, trying to prepare Sidon for, like, the future. She's like, I won't always be around to, oh. to like, protect him and stuff. So I was like, oh, Mifa. Mifa's the best. Mm-hmm. My favorite is Rivali. He's such an asshole. <laughs> He's <laughs> such a dick. Yeah. But, like, in the best possible way. Yeah. He's like, I'm great. He's like, you want to go, bro? You want to go? Yeah. Like, all the time. And Link is like, um, okay. Like, I don't know. Yeah. It's really funny. <laughs> He's like, I have to help you and <laughs> not the other way around. So wonderful. <laughs> yeah. It's like every time he's on screen, I'm like, you're such a dick. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> but then also he, but then like when Link frees the divine beast and gets Rivali's Gale, like he's more like, okay, you like proved yourself or whatever, mm-hmm. like a little bit, I think. Like he, yeah, you know, his ghost, that is at least is yeah. more like, yeah, you're, you're cool, bro. <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> it's funny. Yeah. He becomes more of a of a cindery bird instead of just an <laughs> asshole <laughs> <laughs> my favorite cindery bird is rivali at least i'll just kind of cindery herself now that you mentioned it because yeah. <laughs> she's all like i can do i can do things myself i don't need you to i don't need you to follow me around i don't need your help mm-hmm. or whatever and then later she's like do you ever have doubts about your fate <laughs> like you know <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, I was gonna say it's like she's a little different from the classic Sudari because it's like entirely born yeah. out of like self-loathing. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. She doesn't actually. She's not trying to push him away. She's just like uh, jealous, I guess, mm-hmm. basically, or not. Yeah, and envy- envious yeah. of his. Mm-hmm. Ab- yeah, because she feels like ability. he's got it, like all figured out and has like no doubts yeah. or anything. And like part of their like bond, growing bond with each other is them like actually talking and realizing that they share a lot of those <laughs> like doubts and insecurities. So. Mm-hmm. They're good. trauma bonding or what? Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just like that Zelda in this game. Like, I guess in, I kind of feel like this Zelda is like sort of similar to uh, Twilight Princess Zelda, and like a little bit Skyward Sword Zelda. Except in Skyward Sword, she and Link already had like a relationship. I think what's implied here is that he's just like a rando, and then they get closer yeah. during the mm-hmm. what's shown in the memories is them getting closer. But mm-hmm. like, um. I think Zelda had Zelda from Twilight Princess had like worries about what was going to happen in the kingdom. And she, I mean, basically it was already taken over. Right. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah. It's like they're both heavily burdened by their responsibility to their people. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
but then this Zelda in Breath of the Wild, like what we see in the memories is all of her like struggling and her doubts and like trying to struggling to do her best and then also pressure from other people like the like her mm-hmm. father. Mm-hmm. And I find like that all of that is very relatable. And like how she kind of tries to like like execute deliver on this expectation by like mm-hmm. doubling down in her research and stuff and yeah. nobody yeah. seems to under like he doesn't seem to understand at least that that's like how she's trying mm-hmm. to compensate basically. Yeah. He's like stop hitting the books and pray harder. <laughs> You'll be yeah. better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like the uh the relationship between her and her father too it's really compelling i think i agree because like like he's like really harsh like some of those like mm-hmm. memories you're like geez ouch um yeah. but wow like it is it's clear like later on it's like he does like deeply love her he just like doesn't know how to <laughs> do fathering and kinging at the same time <laughs> um and i like how like he's obviously like deeply regretful of the way he mm-hmm. treated her especially like like they never got a chance to reconcile before he I know. got killed so this game has a um, deep, deep theme of regret mm-hmm. and, like, sadness. It's, yeah. like, all the memories are so upsetting, actually, mm-hmm. in the end. And, like, it's also, we were t- I think we were talking while we were preparing for this, or we were just casually talking about Zelda recently because of Tears of the Kingdom, but we are talking about mm-hmm. how, like, people, like, know, or no, maybe we were talking about it when we were talking about, when we talked about Tears of the Kingdom for this, like, when we recorded it, but, like, people, like, knew Mifa, like, mm-hmm. they're all Link goes there to the Zora's domain. They're all like, "Oh, you're the guy who made it so that Mifa died." Like, it's basically all your fault. And they like mm-hmm. blame Hylians for what happened to Mifa and whatever. Obviously, she was great, so um, <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's reasonable. But yeah, yeah, it's a really cool aspect. Is like how the different like lifespans of the different like species kind of reflects how their like their attitude toward. The memory of the calamity and towards link and stuff like mm-hmm. like it happened within like most zora's living memory so they like have like it's like still pretty fresh for them compared to like most of the others are like like some of them were like oh yeah my grandma was around then but most of them are there's like not really except for some of the sheikah there's not really anyone else who like lived through it yeah. and then you got like the rito who are so short-lived that it's like pra- practically legend to them oh, okay so nobody knew rivali people didn't know rivali Mm-mm. He was also just he was also just suspicious of Link, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he was just like, I don't know who you are. <laughs> <laughs> we got our own problems over here. Yeah. We don't need your help or whatever. But then oh, but then, but then with the memories and everything and everything that happens in the game, it's like in the end Zelda was able to do it. And then in the end they were mm-hmm. able to save everybody. It mm-hmm. all works out. Yeah. It's so great. Mm-hmm. And then you see like Zelda uses her powers to protect Link, which is great. And then Mm -hmm. at the end, she's the one who actually finally seals Ganon away, which is also great. Yeah. (sighs) It's so good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the memories and, like, the end of the game, they're very cathartic. Like, Mm -hmm. it's like you see everything just go, like, horribly wrong. But then you get to see it, see them kind of right the wrongs of the past that they weren't able to do back then. Mm -hmm. Like, not just uh, Link and Zelda, but the champions, too, because they were able to regain control of the Divine Beasts and finally do the thing they were chosen to do yes there goes i'm not crying you're <laughs> crying yeah, <laughs> yeah had, there's a bit of a, a bit of a kind of ocarina of time callback where at the very end you see like the spirits <laughs> of the champions watching over link and zelda mm-hmm. before disappearing and the king mm-hmm. yeah he, he was he was cool in the end he just also was worried about what the fuck was gonna happen which seems mm-hmm. to have been right because everything got fucked up so yeah there you go. <laughs> Everything's fine. 
<laughs> right? Until until Tears of yeah. Kingdom. <laughs> I mean, yeah. and what could go wrong ever now? After and nothing bad ever happened again. Nothing bad ever happened again. <laughs> <laughs> the hero time was never needed again. There was definitely yeah. nothing else that happened in Hyrule ever again. <laughs> It's kind of funny because like they the timeline for this game is wild. It's like yeah. oh these like divine beasts the they were over ten thousand years ago. There was like the the Sheikah made the divine beasts or whatever I think it says. And I was like really ten thousand. And then Link has been mm-hmm. asleep for like a hundred years. And it's like yeah. what? <laughs> like, yes, it's like even the ancient past so of this crazy. game is like happened after all the other games like implicitly. Right. <laughs> right. This is on its own timeline, which you know. It could be. Who could, knows? Could be. <laughs> I was I was browsing could through be. YouTube shortly after uh, Tears of the Kingdom came out, and there was like I saw like two videos right next to each other that were like Tears of the Kingdom ruins the Zelda timeline, and then like right next to it was like Tears of the Kingdom fixes the Zelda timeline. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how it could possibly fix. Like I don't think it ruins the Zelda timeline, but I don't know how it could possibly fix the Zelda timeline either because like Skyward Sword was like this is the beginning and it's like all like it's like a neat little package at the end. Like there was like no questions left. Mm-hmm. So like it's like I assume the Sheikah are like the in this case they're they're like after because they were they were Sheikah in because uh, like Impa's there mm-hmm. in uh, mm-hmm. Skyward. Skyward Sword. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. But then like maybe then after that is like after some after Ganon came back a couple times then they made all the divine beasts and stuff and then 10,000 years after that is when Breath of the Wild happens like right. there's yeah, like I some some that. time later yeah. <laughs> and my assumption was like uh, Skyward Sword happened and then like all the other games and timelines happen and then somewhere far yeah. off in the distance Breath of the Wild happens it's, it's so Breath of the like, Wild <laughs> yeah so like even the 10,000 years ago for Breath of the Wild is like after all the other games it would have to be because mm-hmm. yeah I mean that makes sense yeah, I don't know how Tears of the Kingdom could ruin that because also Tears of the Kingdom has like oh, and then the ancient past at the founding of Hyrule was like this, and it's like that could be any time. Like we don't mm-hmm. know. Well, I and think... they also talk about the Ceiling War, so that happened in mm-hmm. a bunch of games. Yeah, and it's like the same story where it's like there was an evil demon king, and he mm-hmm. rose up, and then we fought him and sealed him away. Like that could be the story from probably from like time, not the original past, Zelda. Or, yeah. yeah. Into the past, at least. I think the biggest thing is that th- these are the first kings and queens of Hyrule. Um, so the very fir- like the founding of Hyrule basically began with sealing Ganon away, and he's been sealed ever since. So how did he come back? If he's been sealed under the castles from the beginning, don't <laughs> ask questions. <laughs> I I mean I I think I think that's I how it would, that's a good um, question. Yeah, I think that might That's be That's how it why... ruins the Zelda timeline? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I think the, um, yeah, I don't know about, like, the whole Zelda timeline, but I think the, like, implication for, like, Breath of the Wild to Tears of the Kingdom is that, like, these sort of, like, malevolent, destructive, non-intelligent, like, aspect of Ganon, like, reemerges every now and then as the calamity. Mm-hmm. 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 Like, the Demon King could have been sealed away all this time. Like, the specific mm-hmm. Demon King that's referred to in the earlier games that could be the demon king in tears of the kingdom theoretically i guess mm-hmm. but then yeah like like zelda and link like they don't they technically like don't exist they're all like reborn over and over again right like it's like mm-hmm. this you know like the reincarnation of the split of wisdom courage and power mm-hmm. and so you just have power that like that that entity coming back over and over again even if the demon king himself is like sealed 
because mm-hmm. in Tears of the Kingdom also like Ganon has this like human like appearance or whatever. And like in Nocturne mm-hmm. Time, they talked about him being born in the Gerudo it's, and whatever. It's the return of demise in different forms over and over again. If you want to do Skyward Sword mm-hmm. lore, yeah, 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 mm-hmm. demise, calamity, like mm-hmm. I don't. What do they call it? And what do they call the goo in Tears of the Kingdom? I already forget. Bloom, bloom, <laughs> bloom. yeah. So just all the bad things. It's like like yeah. Ganon is like Pandora's box, right? Or it's just yeah. like. Whatever monsters, whatever you need to, whatever like might you need to get power is like what it, how Ganon, how like that evil, the, the power aspect of the Triforce manifests over and over again. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. I generally just subscribe <laughs> to the, um, like it's different retellings of the same handful same story. of stories, kind of. <laughs> it's the legend of Zelda. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, there doesn't need to be a timeline. These could all be completely different times, mm-hmm. like completely different stories there about the same thing. There needs to be a multiverse, and then you're good. Yeah, well, there is, because like the timeline already has a split. So there's like, because there's like the Ocarina yeah. of Time split. Legend of right? Zelda across the Zeldaverse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was think I was the timeline debate is really funny because it's like the fans care about it so much, and it's obviously the Nintendo doesn't give a shit. Oh yeah. No, <laughs> it also doesn't matter. Like it doesn't change. Yeah, it's fun like, to speculate and. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mess around with. I don't think. I think most people don't take it that seriously, but some people no. really, really do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The other thing is, like, each game has like an encapsulated story, so it's kind of like it doesn't matter. It's not like it's like a trilogy. Like, it's not like Harry Potter, mm-hmm. where it's mm-hmm. like every yeah. you know, like where it's like a single story that takes place over multiple events. It's mm-hmm. like sometimes they're like directly connected, but each story, like even like Ocarina of Time, Majora's Mask is like the same link, but like Majora's Mask is like this one blip in time that happens over and over again. Mm-hmm. And then after Breath of the Wild, you have like Tears of the Kingdom, which takes place in the same universe, but is like, who even knows? That could be like, <laughs> yeah, they're probably interrelated. Like they're, they are obviously interrelated, but it doesn't really need well, to be interrelated I mean, to everything else. Constantly changing the timeline when she's back mm-hmm. there. So I mean, <laughs> she God only knows how many new timelines she's created from that. That's actually a good mm-hmm. point. Maybe that's how Tears of the yeah. Kingdom fixes the timeline. Yeah, anytime there, anytime there's timelines. time travel, it's you can hand wave anything away. Yep. Yeah. That's why Ocarina of Time is the best game of all time. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what? That's why I broke the the official timeline into like three different settings. <laughs> <laughs> Although sometimes, also, don't, never forget that sometimes it's just all a dream anyway. So there's also yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, sometimes, sometimes you're in a whale's dream. It just... It's a- <laughs> Sometimes in the Zeldaverse. I like the Beast Ganon also in this game, which is also yeah. like a throwback to uh, Ocarina of Time and uh, Twilight Princess, I think. It's kind of like the mm-hmm. same, especially Ocarina of Time, like the same form at the end where it's like a mm-hmm. kind of a bowl. Still reminds uh, me of like Twilight the... Princess, I think you mean, right? I thought Ocarina of Time at the end. I thought the yeah, last fight Twilight outside Princess has, I, the I, quad- I, has the quadrupedal I, one. Yeah. Um, I think it's like uh, I think his facial features are more Ocarina of Time, but yeah. he's got the stance yes. of the Twilight Princess. So. Yes, Ganon. Yeah. Oh, hold on. Mm-hmm. Ocarina of Time. Ganon. Yeah, Ocarina of Time stands on two legs because he's got swords. What? Oh, wait. At the end. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he do. And mm-hmm. if he had to like roll between his legs to attack his. Tail, oh god, so. I died so many times <laughs> doing that fight. I don't even remember. It's like a, it's like, like I blocked um, it out just of my memory. A, yeah, like I blocked it out of my memory. <laughs> but the the horns are the same. But also, mm-hmm. I think yeah. that the beast in Twilight Princess looks very similar, where it's like a bull 
Yes, yes, yeah. that's true. Like the last unicorn, which I made reference to before, for sure, yeah. <laughs> when we were talking about this. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if that was a inspiration. <laughs> mm, I wouldn't be surprised either. There's a lot of interesting commentary about like what visuals inspired this game because every everybody who interviewed, like everybody who did interviews with like uh, Eiji Aonuma was like, so we noticed this thing. Is this the visual inspiration? And he was like, no. <laughs> it's like, <maybe. laughs> yeah, anyway, we could talk about it, but I thought that was funny. Well, actually, what he said is really interesting, which I get, mm-hmm. which is that the style is abstracted. And so a lot of people were like, oh, is it like anime? Was this inspired by Ghibli? And he's like, no. And they're like, oh, is it like uh, in plain air style or whatever? Um, mm-hmm. You know, like impressionist style or whatever. And he's like, no. And basically mm-hmm. what he said, which people are just kind of ignoring in all these articles, is like, we used abstraction in the visuals to make it obvious what the player can like interact with and like reduce distraction in the visuals. Mm-hmm. So like anime is abstracted because that's that style is based off of like like comics which are heavily abstracted that type of abstraction is like you know removing detail to kind of like minimally communicate whatever you want right whatever mm-hmm. what you're trying to say i mean abstraction in the sense of removing detail and still being able to understand what's happening and so yeah so anyway that's what he specifically says during these mm-hmm. interviews is like we wanted to enable the player to focus because there's a lot going on visually in this game and so the result is like kind of an abstracted style that does look like anime and whatever. So mm-hmm. I'm sure there's a lot of influences. Yeah, but I think that's specific. Yeah, I, say, I think things can be like influenced and inspired by things without being like, sure. this is a direct reference to. Yes. Yeah. Like, I think it's like, like Ghibli is obviously. Yes. It's like Zelda in general, but like, especially yes. these two games. Um, but Also, apparently the landscapes were inspired by areas around Kyoto. So mm-hmm. I don't know. You have a a, a lot of, whatever but you have a lot of different landscapes in this game so i don't mm-hmm. i don't know if there's really volcanoes yeah there's definitely parts of the game that don't look anything like the ghibli movie but there's definitely parts that yeah do. like the whole like forest the lost mm-hmm. woods and stuff yeah yeah and then i feel like there's more influence in tears of the kingdom a lot of the sky stuff but, uh, yeah for sure <laughs> tears of the kingdom has a really interesting visual style i'm excited to talk mm-hmm. about it yeah yeah um and interesting music too. Mm-hmm. Anyway, characters or whatever. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I'm I derailed uh, <laughs> the conversation yeah. with my comments. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think we talked about most of the main characters. And there's also the sort of, I don't know, modern day champions. Yes. Yeah. I guess with the, with Sidon probably being the most uh, notable, if only for the fandom reaction to him. Uh, <laughs> uh, he also yeah, has the best like, theme connected. song. Yeah. <laughs> But they're all, like, connected in some way to uh, the previous champion. Some are directly related and some are just, like, sort of their, I don't know, like, uh, <laughs> air of uh, skill, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, like, Tiba is, like, the, the best. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like, Tiba is the, like, archer and sort of takes on the protective role of his uh, people and stuff. Yeah. Sidon is directly related to Mifa and... uh mm-hmm. The king, I think Yunobo's directly descended from Daruk, and Riju's implied to be somehow descended from Urbosa. Don't ask questions about the Gerudo, yeah, ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> but she has like she's ruling, so I guess she has some kind of divine right mm-hmm. or like some kind of familial right. I don't know. I don't. Yeah, 
Mm-hmm. That is a good question. I didn't think about that until you yeah. said it just now. <laughs> yeah, they probably have the same family line, but maybe not like a direct like great grandchild or anything. Yeah. Maybe she's like a great niece or something. So <laughs> Sarah Bosa also died, so I don't you know. Yeah. She didn't she wasn't like, Oh, my child I'm leaving behind or whatever. Yeah, it's like she didn't she seem to have a, <laughs> like a, a direct family. family that she was concerned about at the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Daruk seems a lot older, so it's conceivable that he would have like adult children running around mm-hmm. yeah. but yeah Sidon is uh, Mifa's baby brother so <laughs> the only one who was him. alive back then <laughs> yep mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and like all the rest of the Zora also mm-hmm. why they hate Link so much but <laughs> yeah I love going around the Zora domain because it's like the old ones are all like mad at you but then the young ones are like oh we used to play together don't you remember me <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> Like that, like just apparently spent a lot of his childhood in Zora's domain, just being friends. Apparently, yeah. <laughs> Mifa made him. She made him armor. <laughs> I'm not crying. You're funny. <laughs> I like the Zora King too. Like he's totally cool with Link and yeah. Like, well, I don't he, think he blames Link. Yeah, he yeah. doesn't blame Link, and like he obviously like knew Mifa cared about him a lot and was like totally cool with the fact that she was gonna like propose to him, basically. Hmm. In the memory, she's like, can we, like, spend more time together, you know, after, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's also a line that Sidon says where he's like, basically, like, in another life, we might have been relatives, which is cute. <laughs> <laughs> and then all the fanfic com- came out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in another life or this life now. <laughs> <laughs> I love his shiny smile. <laughs> Such a I feel like Sidon shark. would have been, like, so psyched to have, like, as a brother-in-law. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> For sure. They're all psyched when he comes back and chooses the kingdom. They're like, it's mm-hmm. you, the Harleian. Yeah, yeah. We love you. Yeah, it's like, yeah. okay. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, we're covered in goo. Can you please help us? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look, don't know if you noticed on the way in, but... Yeah, it's like, please temporarily suspend your adventure to play Super Mario Sunshine. i <laughs> <laughs> <All> right? <laughs> I was like, this is exactly... like It was like throwing water fruit thing and i was like uh super mario sunshine or maybe it was when i had a like a hydrant yeah yeah, this feels really familiar (laughs) and just as satisfying yeah (laughs) so yeah i think that's most of the major characters um beetle's back very important yeah beetle's back (laughs) (laughs) i make it a point of a point every single time that he's in a game to be like and beetle's there (laughs) no matter what happens (laughs) he makes some comment i can't remember if it was this game or tears of the kingdom where he's like it's just like, I wonder how many times we've like met in a previous life or something. <laughs> I think it's in Tears of the King really Because I remember talking to yeah. him recently. Yeah. <laughs> like, I do wonder. <laughs> you know how like someone pushed all the Beatles together? There was like that yeah. video or someone. I was like, I wonder if you can push all the Impas together from uh, <laughs> yeah. Tears of the Kingdom. Because <laughs> she's in a lot of places at once also. So. Mm-hmm. At least it seems like. She must be. Yeah. I don't know. Got some interesting, uh, like, bosses and enemies in the this game. Yeah. Uh, probably the m- most notable thing is we've got some 3D debuts for some classic enemies. Uh, yeah. The yeah. Lionels and the High Nox. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those assholes. I mean, mm-hmm. what? <laughs> they're just as a, do- a deadly. Yeah. Yep. They're they're not fun. Um, yeah. no. They probably they're they're fun when you know what to do, but <laughs> I still don't yeah. know what to do with Lionels. So. <laughs> Avoid them. Yeah. I'm fairly good at fighting high noxes now, but... Yeah, they're fine. Mm-hmm. If you have enough hearts, it's okay, but... 
even with Lionel's, it's like, I don't know. I don't know what you want me to do. Yeah, I'll think I'm doing good, and then they just, like, smack me, and I lose, like, seven hearts in one hit, and I'm like, yeah. okay, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, they're part of kind of a new thing that uh, the game has, which are overworld bosses, where you can just be wandering around mm. and stumble into a giant enemy with a big uh, on-screen uh, HP bar. A name. <laughs> and yeah. A name, yeah. That's actually a really good point. I didn't think about that until you just said that, but yeah, there's boss fights basically that are just open in the yeah. world and you can walk into them. Yeah, so you got like the Hinoxes. I think the, the Lionels don't get that treatment, but they definitely are. Like, <laughs> right? Yeah, what the yeah. hell? Um, like, they're harder than any of the other like actual overworld bosses, but uh, like the Sontalis. Or... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which would be a new enemy, I guess. Yeah. These are very scary the first time you run into them because you're just like, la di da di da. What is happening? And then boss music starts. Uh huh. And there's one that's like right next to the plateau. So you're like almost certain to run into it. (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. The the boss music for Stone Talus is also hilarious, though. It's It's like very charming. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. So it does make it slightly better. Well, we'll talk about the music later. But yeah, the the Mulduga as well. That music. Yeah. Bombing. Yeah, Mulduga are fun. (laughs) (laughs) They're also harder than the ones, the sand. They're also Mulduga or Muldura or something in Twilight Princess as well, right? I forget what they're called. Oh yes, yeah. in the sand that you had to like, you had to like blow yeah, away you the gotta... sand and sh- and have it come up. You drag what them out that? with your hookshot. Oh yeah, the little freaky dudes. Yeah, yeah, and then there's like the mole something in uh, in Wind Waker. Um... <laughs> yeah, mole something. <laughs> yeah. Mulduga, Muldorm. Mulgara? Mulgara, yeah. yeah. Oh, they're Muldorms in um, Twilight Princess. Mm-hmm. And then uh, probably the most iconic enemy from Breath of the Wild is the Guardians. Oh, <laughs> oh yes, yeah, I totally play. forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, they were the, one of the first things revealed about the game because that like original trailer had it one like chasing Link through the forest. and mm-hmm. And they are as terrifying as promised by that trailer. Yeah. <laughs> Especially, like, because there's ones that are, like, dead in the world. So there's some that you can mm-hmm. just, like, walk up to. Mm-hmm. And then until you get, like, the equipment that shows you, like, the... You can use your, like, um, Sheikah Slate to... With the stasis thing. Like, you can turn it on so that you can see which ones are alive from far mm-hmm. away once you get the stasis plus. But until then, it's, like, kind of mysterious until they activate. Mm-hmm. Right, so you never know what it's going to be. Sometimes they're fine, and sometimes they're not. If they're not moving around already, mm-hmm. yeah. And then the totally mobile ones are just so fast, like yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're like, gigantic, no they're massive. Mm-hmm. You have to like cut and, off like, their little legs. Yeah, <laughs> like the music that plays, and then the little beep 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 of their lasers. Like, mm-hmm. like I don't really find them scary anymore, but I still get a shot of adrenaline every time that yeah. sound starts up. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> like, oh shit! And that music is just so frantic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Get was, mentally prepare yourself because I'm gonna play it later for you. <laughs> I mean, what? <laughs> but not without the laser. Without the laser, it's like slightly mm-hmm. less bad. That beeping laser yeah, that like goes faster and faster. It's like the, yeah, it's like the frantic piano starts up, and you have just enough time to go like, "Oh shit!" Before the beeping starts, and yeah, it starts you just try to run like, away. Ah. Ah. and you see the laser. <laughs> you're in the middle of Hyrule Field, and there's literally no cover, and you're like, "Warp away!" Yeah. <laughs> Like, bye. <laughs> well, it was nice knowing you. Mm, had a great time. It's a great enemy design. It like really. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. It I am. I am. I communicates very well. Like where you shouldn't go at the beginning of the game. Like, yeah. 
because you're like you're pretty close to Hyrule Fields. So you're just like la da 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 da, and then like, the first time you encounter one, you're like, oh, I've made a mistake. I'm gonna go somewhere mm-hmm. else. You have to go to Hateno pretty early, and there's that whole field of them between yeah. um, the stable, like between I almost called it Twin Peaks, Dueling Peaks, and that's it, yeah, and and Hateno, and you have to go through there and unless you like basically go all the way around them it's like very difficult mm-hmm. to yeah avoid yeah. any currently alive ones which there are in the field mm-hmm. so yeah yeah i was trying great. to get a horse and a guardian started targeting me and i was like no i just wanted a horsey <laughs> leave me alone <laughs> yeah it's really good for the um like the uh like environmental storytelling too where you'll see these like battlefields mm-hmm. full of like the remnants of guardians stuff, you know, across like yeah. ruins of like walls that were erected to try yep. and stop them. Yeah, it's a depressing game. Yeah. I mean, what? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The the only real like, non overall bosses are the uh, the blight Ganons, which we talked about a little bit, and then uh, yeah. Ganon himself. Yeah, himself. I don't even know. <laughs> uh, it, itself. Yeah. It's oh like, yeah, really. I guess there's also Koga. Yeah, I guess so. Does, does he count? <laughs> I mean, rude. You, you fight him after a cutscene, so does, is yeah, that what qualifies more, more of a, a joke boss? fight than like a real boss? Yeah. <laughs> Think of all the mighty bananas that you can get. Mm-hmm. What's not a joke is when you're running around in the world and then you talk to an NPC and then they're like, <laughs> "Just kidding, I'm a Yiga," and they start brutalizing, <laughs> like brutally attacking you, and it's like yeah. not okay. <laughs> but Koga himself is not that bad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he is funny though. Like they definitely <laughs> succeeded at that their goal with him. <laughs> I like not specifically Coco, but all the Yiga when you distract them with the bananas and they kind of like shuffle over like really excited. I, I love that yeah. animation. <laughs> yeah, especially the the big guys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. That's exactly what I'm referring to. Mm-hmm. Like, ooh, bananas. <laughs> not quite an enemy, but um the dragons are really cool. Oh yeah. 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 So rad. Around. Yeah. Yeah, it's such a like awe inspiring thing, like especially the first time. But even like even like when I played it this time, like every time I was like near a dragon and that music would kick up, I just kinda stop and stare for a little bit. Like Like, whoa. I remember the first time I was playing, I saw dragons like in the distance and I was like, Is that a dragon? And then you like zoom in, like, it's a dragon. A dragon. Then they get yeah. close to you and then you get like you know frozen or shocked or whatever and you're like oh dragon why are you hurting me <laughs> yeah yeah i remember seeing oh, like so cool farosh hovering above like uh like like hylia the like first hylia. time i played it and i'm just like mm-hmm. what am i Whoa. looking at <laughs> wow for some reason early on in my first playthrough i was in yeah Farron woods i think on top of like the giant bridge or something like that like, I remember, like, yeah, Frosh flies probably... right over there, through there. Yeah, well, right? But isn't that where he, like, comes from? Like, he comes either comes from or goes yeah, through? Yeah, the spawn is near so, like, I was there, and all of a sudden, yeah, like, a dragon is, is I, I don't know, coming, coming out, out of the, of the lake. Water. Like, what the fuck is going on? Do I don't... <laughs> I, I'm not ready for this. What is... Go- but it was really cool and terrifying, mm-hmm. and then I found out how chill they were, but, you know. Yeah. I really like the Nadra... I guess it's like kind of a mini boss where you have to get all the mm-hmm. things off of Nadra. Yeah. I enjoyed that a lot. I was like, this is like hard, but also really fun because you kind of have to like fly around and like shoot yeah. the things off or whatever. Mm-hmm. And like Nadra, uh, the corrupted Nadra like design is really cool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like you didn't have to do this Nintendo, but you did. Mm-hmm. And it's cool. It's like they replaced like dinosaurs 
from all the old, old games with dragons. <laughs> we do have uh, giant whale fossils in this game, though, so that's fun. That's also pretty cool. Yeah, it's cool. Like, like the references to the <laughs> multiple whales in the past games. Like one is definitely the windfish, <laughs> and one is definitely Levias. The third oh, one's yeah. kind of ambiguous, but. I don't know, maybe it's whale. Uh, maybe it's Oceus. Oh. Oh yeah, I forgot about Oceus. Yeah. The whale also. <laughs> mm-hmm. So many whales. Yeah. Maybe like one's Jabu Jabu. It's like the tiny wings on its back, so <laughs> the windfish, and then like one has that like plated like Yeah, the big face. Front, so like Levias. So. Like Levias. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. it's in the future. Mm-hmm. There's just fossils. Is it a good time to talk about gameplay then i believe I so so. <laughs> so um yeah the gameplay in this is a very different experience from pretty much every zelda game mm-hmm. before it's got a jump um, button it's got we a jump know. button <laughs> um it does it does Biggest carry, enhancement <laughs> yeah a, a lot uh carry over a lot of things that they introduced in skyward sword um mm-hmm. Like your stamina wheel and things like that, but you can now increase it. Um, you can also actually finding... like drift with the paraglider instead of like the sailcloth. <laughs> yes, yeah, 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 yeah. You can you can control where you're going and yeah, fly around sort of. Instead of finding heart pieces scattered throughout those shrines, that give you the orbs that you use to increase your health or your stamina. With heart containers after bosses, but overall, you know the you're not looking for heart pieces anymore they're mm-hmm. not a real collectible that you have to solve well i mean other than the shrines but like really like solve puzzles for and like try and figure out how to get to where one you see one is or something like that um mm-hmm. and it's open world you can approach from any angle uh pretty much everything you can choose which things you do or don't do while still like doing the rest of the things because you can always like choose not to play the game but, like, <laughs> now you can choose, you know, do I want to get the shrines? Do I want to upgrade my health? Do I want to do the main dungeons? Do I want to go straight to the castle? Do I want to, you know, do these side quests and things like that? And, like, mm-hmm. they basically force you to get the four... Yeah, the Sheikah... Tra- relics? Yeah, the Sheikah Slate powers. powers. And your paraglider, and then you're you're free. That's yeah. it. You know, there's a few places where your approach is limited, but other than that, like, I mean, you do what you want. You want to go grab a piece from halfway across the map and drag it along with you and, you know, throw it at an enemy. <laughs> That's, you're right. <laughs> uh, your equipment is pretty changeable. You get uh, all different sorts of armors, uh, tops, uh, body plates, and pants, and they do different things. You can collect food and uh, monster parts and bugs and critters and create meals or elixirs that give you all these different effects. Mm -hmm. Instead of, you don't find uh, hearts on the ground, you have to eat something to regain your health, Mm -hmm. um, which is more effective with food that you cook, but you don't have to. do it but um or little like nuts those little acorns and stuff <laughs> yeah yeah. Stuff yeah 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 weapons you pick up whatever you find um you can eventually get the master sword which 
shatters and then comes back after a few minutes. But other than that, you pick up a weapon, it breaks, and then you got to move on to the next one. Mm-hmm. And there are different types. Uh, particularly, there's like one-handed, two-handed, and spears. Uh, and then there's a Korok leaf that you can use to throw gusts of winds um, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Um, but, you know, among each of those categories, there are different weapons with different strengths and different qualities. Mm-hmm. Um, some of them attract lightning, some of them don't. This is very yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, <laughs> yep. the, the, the different materials, they're made of different materials, right? Yeah, yeah, which, the ones that yeah. have metal. It's definitely like, huh, what does that mean the first time I started sparking? And then right? And you're like, oh, oh that's what that means. <laughs> yeah. yep. You can weaponize it against enemies, though, by like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I, uh, metal at them. Mm-hmm. <sighs> so yeah. smart. You can do a lot of things in this game. Apparently they yeah. just spend a lot of time, like, they spent a lot of time developing like the physics engine mm-hmm. and stuff like that like that those were the major like really development efforts mm-hmm. for the game which makes a lot of sense because basically you can like freely interact with the world so you have to mm-hmm. be able to freely interact with the world you can't control what the player is experiencing for the most part it's like if you think i wonder if yes yes you can <laughs> the answer is yes <laughs> oh climbing you can climb on can climb most everything. surfaces mm-hmm. uh just if there's a wall that you want to go up, go at it. You might need some food to increase your stamina to get you all the way up there, but probably you can do it. Oh, with a few exceptions, of course. Apparently, this is also why they had to develop the jump button because, like in other games, when you used to be like you walk to an edge and Link would automatically jump, but if you're climbing mm-hmm. on everything, you can't just walk to an edge. Like, how do you know that, that you want to jump? Like, it's really difficult to program. So. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that means that you can jump, <laughs> which is great <laughs> yourself, or just walk well, but off. But also, the like, um, yeah, the physics. Cause, like, you you put light something on fire, and that's a gust of wind. You can jump up in your paraglider, yeah. and now you've got some air. Yeah. Um, so you know, um, if you're in, you just want to get up, and you're like, I could go around, but yeah, you can light a fire instead a fire, of just light yeah. everything on fire. Yep, Don't yep. ask questions. <laughs> Some places in the world, there's also updrafts, like in, um, like hot springs and stuff, or whatever. Like some sometimes yeah. there's other around the dragons. Um, yeah, yeah, there's a lot the dragons of the, the Hebra area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. which is good because it's a pain in the ass to climb around them. Yeah. Yes, Icy mountains. Yes. <laughs> and along with that comes uh, slipping, right? Uh, yeah. Which, um, there's substantial weather in this game. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, like just weather patterns that change every. I think it's two in-game hours. Um, hmm. It'll change to new, the next weather condition, um, which in some places stays rainy for forever. Mm-hmm. I was trying to get, like... get something, and I like I needed to climb something, and I got pretty far, and then right before I got to the top, it started raining, and I slipped all the way down. Mm-hmm. And I had to oh, wait like for it, and oh, yeah. Um, you know, some places are locked to certain weather, like the, mm-hmm. like the field that's like always thunderstorming, and yeah. like it's always oh, yeah. raining when you start off in Zora's domains, like that. Yeah, before you, <laughs> it's because the divine beast is malfunctioning, so you yeah. can't climb. Yeah, it's a good way to make you <laughs> follow the path and <laughs> fight all the things, fight all the things, and run into Sidon as he's encouraging you. <laughs> <laughs> just a little farther and it's like 30 minutes later <laughs> yeah <laughs> like you got this He's like, oh yeah <laughs> i guess you can't swim up waterfalls like me because you're not a fish man 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I guess next is collectibles. Everything. <laughs> yeah. The biggest collectibles are the Koroks. Uh, I forgot how many. Like <laughs> yeah, 900 right. or 900 and some. So many. So yeah. many. Uh, you need... I forgot to also look this up. Like 100 and something maybe? Or like two to th- 200? Like less than a third of the, the total number of Koroks mm-hmm. um, to get the seeds to upgrade your equipment size for your arrows, swords, and shields. Uh, and then the rest is just for your own pleasure. Mm-hmm. It's um, just for my sister's pleasure. That's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I mean, different types of equip uh, equipment like uh, armors and such that you can up uh, acquire and then upgrade. Yeah, you need like things. You need like animals and like min- rocks and stuff like yeah, that to upgrade them. Part, <laughs> uh, monster part, yeah. Like like. You know, like shiny special rocks. rocks. <laughs> special rocks. <laughs> yes. Minerals, uh, one might say. Gemstones, <laughs> one might say. <laughs> and then, yeah, there's all the shrines that give you your orbs to get your health and uh, stamina up. And there's 120, I believe, of those. I think there's and 120. Can, yeah. A lot of it is, like, map stuff, right? There's towers to uh, to locate your map uh, to, that you mm-hmm. use to, to get your map information and all that. And the shrines also provide warp points, so they're right, yes. beneficial yes. for that reason, too. Mm-hmm. Yes. It provides a place to warp away when uh, <laughs> when someone's atta- when you're like trying to run away from a Lionel or something. <laughs> mm-hmm. I like that it lets you do that. So many games are like, you can't fast travel when there's enemies nearby, but this will let you just be like, bye. Yep. <laughs> bye. <laughs> <laughs> Leave your horse behind. And <laughs> yeah, whatever. That horse is fine. He knows how to get back to the closest stable. Yeah. <laughs> it's totally fine. What could go wrong? Maybe Lionels and horses are like BFFs. Maybe as soon as you're gone, the Lionel's like, oh, yay. Yeah. Horse. Um, oh, and then the biggest collectible is the compendium. Right. Mm-hmm. You now can take pictures of all the different everything. Monsters. <laughs> animals gannons <laughs> yeah bosses equipment mm-hmm. and you use that to fill up your compendium um which allows you to then select it uh through one of your upgraded sheikah powers to search for whatever you want and it'll let you know mm-hmm. if you're approaching one or not not fight quite as cool as the um sculpture collection in wind waker but it's still fun yeah <laughs> Oh, and then uh, I I didn't talk about the ruins, which are actually kind of interesting. The Sheikah powers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got a unlimited bombs, uh, right. which is yeah, it's on a cooldown. But other than that, you just got them. But uh, there's two types that you can rotate between things. them. Yeah, yeah, there's two mm-hmm. types you can rotate between them. They're also super fucking deadly. You get hit by them accidentally. <laughs> so like to you, early not really on. to the enemies. Yeah. <laughs> That's, yes, yes. Sorry. To yourself. Uh, yeah. You get hit by them early on when you don't have upgraded health or armor. Easy way you're, to die. You're yeah. gone. You're gone. Yeah, I blow myself up um, a lot getting impatient and not getting far enough away before I activated it. Yes. <laughs> Be like, oh, come yeah. on. I swear I was out of the range. <laughs> um, stasis, which freezes things, and then you can hit them and have them go flying. Um, and then, oh, all of these have upgraded abilities that you can upgrade to have a bonus effect. Like, I think the bombs get an increased radius and decreased cooldown. Stasis, you... You can freeze enemies. Freeze enemies. Mm-hmm. Which is, like, the it's most... 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. The best the best upgrade, probably. Yes. Cry- Cryonesis? Cryonesis. Cryonis? Cry- what is it? Yeah. The freezing one. I don't know. I don't know. Yes. I don't remember. <laughs> um that allows it makes you advice. Make pillows advice out of water. Um what does the upgraded version do? Because you can hold make up to three, but I think that's just by default, right? Can I upgrade magnesis or cry- cryosis? Cryonis? Wait. Cryonis. <laughs> Nobody knows. Hold on. Uh, you can also climb on the ice, which is important. Yes. You can use that for, for things. I don't know. I guess it can't be upgraded. I guess this is like magnesis, cryonis is inexhaustible and cannot be upgraded at the Hatena. Okay. Tab. So I guess okay, those two so, don't get upgraded. Right. Just so stasis bomb, and bombs get upgraded. And your Shika sensor, I think. Maybe just those three. Maybe, yeah. Shika sensor isn't listed on in this article. How rude. Right. <laughs> it's sort uh, of like the this like uh like the stepbrother of the other runes. It's not really part of the group. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> well the camera is here, so yeah. you know. Mm-mm. Yeah. The camera's very important. The thing is the sensor comes by default. The shrine sensor comes by default, right? <laughs> so <Yeah. laughs> the other runes you had to get. You gotta install the apps. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a good way to give you powers that you can't just that aren't like magic, because yeah, but there's, there's magic that tech vibe in, to this game. There's magic in the world anyway, so I don't know. Yeah, it's, I, I don't know. To me, I found the like the magitech aspect of Breath of the Wild to be kind of out of place. But I think over time, Zelda series have been leaning more in that direction. I feel like. Yeah. But it's not something that I, I typically, like an aesthetic that I typically associate with Zelda. But I think especially in Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom, they're leaning heavily in that direction, more so than yeah. in previous games. And I don't know. It's definitely mm-hmm. there. Like we Zelda talked was about Wind how... Waker, so I've, it's just so right. I've always been part of the aesthetic in my mind. <laughs> yeah, like the Tower of the Gods. Mm-hmm. There yeah. and in also in Twilight Princess mm-hmm. uh, have that kind of aesthetic. Yeah, I think it's always been kind of part of the DNA of the series because I think there was like original. There's some concept art early on where it was like they were considering like a more futury sci-fi mm-hmm. aspect to the game, time travel and stuff. And, <laughs> and they love their time travel. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah, it's like medieval time travel in Ocarina mm-hmm. of Time. Right? So, yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> like there's always magic. This is just like magical devices, I guess. Yeah, it's okay that you don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> I like um. it. And I also think like it has to kind of do with the rules of the game. It's like if if they were if there was like equipment, like if there were machines and stuff that were like metallic, then you'd be able to control them with magnesis. And it's like they don't really want you to do that. So then they have this like it's all magic and it's like not a material that's affected by magnesis and like yeah. you know what I mean? Like there's that kind of aspect to it yeah. also. Yeah. I've always liked that kind of like the a little bit off aspects of the Zelda series that make it like Zelda instead of just like whatever generic medieval fantasy world. Like, mm-hmm. like there's always some weird sci fi or whatever random thing. It's not just like well, I mean, there's up, like, like a bunch magic of like, and sword play. And well, there's all like Ganon's monsters, and there's all like, yeah, mm-hmm. and then there's so, so it is like it's not just you know, dragons and stuff. It's like mm-hmm. there's different kind of fantasy creatures and stuff that are and and equipment. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's like even just the fact that like metallic bombs have been a part of the series from the beginning. Like, mm-hmm. 
you're like, yeah, I've got uh, got my bow and arrow, I've got my swords, and I've got my bombs. Like, bombs. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> There's all kinds of random other equipment, too. I mean, like, there was, like, the, the beetle. What's it called? It is called the beetle, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. From mm-hmm. Twilight Princess. Yeah. Uh, wait, no. That was Skyward Sword. Skyward Sword. Yeah, from mm-hmm. Skyward Sword. Uh, yeah, there's, a, there's always been yeah. like the weird little like uh, what do you call them bemoses and stuff little statues that, yeah yeah they always had laser eyes with those were in the 2D stuff. games those are, yeah those are pretty early on in the series yeah mm-hmm. I always just like the just the weird aspects of Zelda <laughs> and like the whole time mining in Skyward Sword mm-hmm. in Lanaru did you talk about arrows there's like different arrow types in this like, game uh, other than are... light arrows yeah there's um although there are light arrows in a while is it fire, ice, and ancient and bomb arrows? And electricity ones. Yeah, too. Shock arrows. arrows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shock arrows. That you yeah. have to steal from the Lionel and die. <laughs> <laughs> it's an important part of the game early on. <laughs> like, you have to hit Varudo with shock arrows. <laughs> oh, I don't think you mentioned this yet, but uh, there we, de- we definitely mentioned it in another episode. I think we talked about it when we were talking about Wind Waker, about like how all the divine beasts are named after, like, Past oh, yeah, characters. The, mm-hmm. 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 Are they all um, Ocarina of Time? Because it's Varuta. Well, med- Medley's mm-hmm. not. Yeah. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Yeah, it's... it's Varuta's like after Rudo, I guess, from yeah. Ocarina of Time. And there's uh, Darinia. Um, I don't remember what the, yeah. the Va is, but and then there's Rudania. Uh, Rudania. Mm-hmm. Um, Naboris. Naboris for Naboru. Naboru, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then Meadow and then Medley. It's because this is the first game where Rito's come back, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. Yeah, isn't it was it? like the sick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're much more bird-like in this yes. game. Which, uh... Yes. I really like so the ones that like, like look like specific species of birds. Like the generic Rito are just kind of like a generic like falcony looking guy. But you got like mm-hmm. like the village elder is like an owl, and Cass is like mm-hmm. a blue and gold macaw and parrot. Yeah, like that. Yeah. He's like beautiful. He's got like one of my favorite character designs in anything. I just love the way he looks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very vibrant. He, mm-hmm. He's very vibrant. Also, he plays an accordion, which makes me happy. Mm-hmm. With his little feather fingers. Yeah, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, Rivali wields a bow with his. So <laughs> <laughs> don't ask questions. <laughs> Playing the accordion doesn't seem that difficult in comparison. Oh yeah, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> the way they anthropomorphize the birds and like the fish all the like zoras are kind of like i don't remember what they look like very clearly in other games like they're definitely kind of sharky also but the mm-hmm. ones in breath of the wild also have like not just kind of like sidon looks like a shark but like mm-hmm. uh muzu is another like kind of main character he's the one who's all na- like nasty to link and he has kind of like a like manta ray head mm-hmm. so they have like different shaped animal yeah like like the king critters like way more whale like it's like a whaley fishy kind of yeah destined to be a skeleton on the on the map someday yeah. is that what you're saying yeah <laughs> yeah so some of them are kind of sharky a lot of them are like sharky but they also have other shaped yeah. kind of heads and bodies i also really like that the the female zora don't look that different from the male zora like, mm-hmm I always hate when they have like a non-mammalian anthropomorphic animal and they give it like giant breasts and it's like why? <laughs> <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> <laughs> I 
<laughs> they didn't do that even in they were they they looked like this in Nakarina of Time and Majora's Mask. They're all kind of, I mean, like Rudo is like shorter or whatever than than I think she was. She's but... a bit more um like deliberately feminine looking. Yeah, yeah, but uh... but she has a hammerhead shark head. Yeah, also. Mm-hmm. So I mean, they're all a little different. Mm-hmm. It's kind of funny. Yeah. I like them. But yeah, they're not super. They're not super. Yeah, they don't have very um, a lot exaggerated mammalian features. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like how to say politely what we're yeah. trying to say. <laughs> not like thirst trap shark people. Yeah. <laughs> Except for Sidon. <laughs> <laughs> That's because of his brilliant smile and his like desire to help you and like his. Yeah. Charm. It's it's not about his looks, his looks, you know. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I'm not shallow. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care about his beautiful shark form, his beautiful shark face. I care about how he he's my BFF or whatever. <laughs> he's supporting me. I don't care about him, I only care about Mifa. Why are you <laughs> <laughs> The Gorons are also like that too though. I also appreciate that about them. They don't look they they all have their same kind of like shape and the like yeah, I don't think there are whatever feelings. What? Aren't there? I don't think so. Yeah, I don't I think they've always been like the all male race and like the Gerudo yeah. or the all female race. <laughs> I was gonna say, is that how you get more Gerudos and more and more Gorons? <laughs> I don't know how the Gorons reproduce. The Gerudos apparently just have like a thing where they can they reproduce without like diluting their Genetic, you know, yeah, without deleting their genetics. Yeah. But did you mm-hmm. go to the? There's like all those side quests where there's like the school where they tell them how to interact with guys yeah. and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It's just so it's bizarre. Really <laughs> it's really weird and funny. Mm-hmm. And they're like, "I'm leaving now to go meet a man," and you're like, "Okay, cool." I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love the one that like answers every question with like a violent response. It's like I would kidnap him and force him to whatever. And they're like, "Honey, no, <laughs> no, no, no." <laughs> That's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely like, like Nintendo's. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Nintendo's answering the questions that everybody had. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> they're like, "But how are there more Gerudos if they're only women?" <laughs> is this the first time? That, no, yeah. Is this the first time that they're back since Matura's Mask? Because I know there was like Gerudo Desert in Twilight uh, Princess. Uh, we didn't see any, did we? Uh, there's no people there. It's yeah. all monsters. It means it's Ocarina of Time. Was yeah, well, they reused the models in Majora's Mask, but they weren't necessarily referred to as Gerudo. They were the pirates. Oh right. Yeah. Was Lineback X like a? Oh, yeah, yeah, looked, yeah, yeah. Like she could have been she a does... Gerudo. But... Do you mean Jolene? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Jolene. She doesn't have like red hair though. That way. Yeah. Does she? No, she doesn't. But she's also a pirate. What does Jolene yeah. look like? Yeah, no, wow, I, I didn't realize that they'd been gone for so long, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me neither. She doesn't have red hair. Yes, um, like Kotake and Kume were in the Oracle games. I don't know if there were any other Gerudo. Oh, yeah, I forgot that they're technically yeah. Gerudos. Yeah. Yeah, they're Ganon's uh, stepmoms or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Ganon's mommies. Yes. <laughs> They're like witches, so they have this like totally different look. Totally forgot about them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess the Gerudo haven't been back, but yeah, they reused them as like the pirates and. Um, yeah, they were a bit more uh, 
questionable back then. So <laughs> I, they probably just retired them until they could could figure out how to go with that. <laughs> yeah, probably. Mm-hmm. But their music is such a banger yeah. <laughs> in Ocarina of Time. It's so good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I guess the last thing we could talk about is the Divine Beasts. Mm. How, yeah, there's no dungeons anymore. They're Divine Beasts, which point. are similar. But they're definitely a lot more open. Open floor plans. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, in in typical dungeons, you have pretty much a specific order you have to go to. Yeah. And you backtrack, and, like, you, then you have to go to the next area. Whereas this one is very much, you start somewhere, and you have multiple locations you can go to. And it's a little bit easier to... Sort of, again, just the general premise of the game is sort of, like, approach it how you will. Um, these are the areas you have to get to. Do it in your own way, sort of thing. Um, they generally revolve around a singular um, a gimmick, I guess, related to the Divine Beast. So, like, I know the um, Varuta, you adjust the trunk. Yep. I think. And then um, yep. Rudania, you adjust the legs. Naboris rotates. Medley tilts, I believe. Tilts, yeah, yeah Medley also yeah. tilts, yeah. Yeah. Um, so you have to adjust those to n- maneuver through the Divine Beast to get to where you need to go. Yeah, there's also usually like the, the little guardians inside. I don't think we talked about mm-hmm. the little guardians, but there's like the little little teeny tiny ones. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then you fight yeah. the game. I really, yeah, I really like them conceptually. It reminds me of some of the dungeons, like the um, like the tower one, where you have to knock down the pillars. Like you have to change like mm-hmm. the whole dungeon in order to progress. Mm-hmm. It definitely. About, um... I think that was in Link's Awakening. It's like mm-hmm. Eagle Tower or something. I don't remember what it was called. Okay, <laughs> so I remember in um, the tower one in. Majora's Mask, the the oh yeah, that the the, the flippy yeah, one, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the flippy one, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that too. Those just like they've had a handful of those throughout the series, yeah. where it's just like where it's like you have to manipulate the like entire environment while you're in it, which is always kind of neat. I was gonna say, I think it, these the divine beasts took like the things that were like interesting about like the coolest dungeons, and that was the main mechanic for all of them, where you like manipulate the whole dungeon basically. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I think. Yeah, I think the dungeons are, like, concentrated, raw, like, dungeoning, while the shrines take all the puzzling out of it, you know? Yeah. Or, like, not all of it, but, yeah, like, yeah. Um, the shrines take the, yeah, um, you find more of the puzzling that you kind of associate with temples and dungeons into the shrines. Yeah. And, like, really focus on the the navigation and the manipulating the environments in the mm-hmm. uh Find beasts. Mm-hmm. I do really like the open world. I really enjoyed just like running around in the environment. That was like the best part, mm-hmm. one of the best parts of this game. Just being like, I'm gonna go to this part of the map. I've never been here, or like, yeah, I'm gonna go see what's over here in this place, and like how different all the environments are. I think that mm-hmm. was like charm of this game. It's why I played it for so many, so many yeah. hours. I think mm-hmm. they did a very good job of like it's it's a massive place, but usually you'd be like, "Hey, there's a mountain I can climb. I bet you there's yeah. something up there." And it might be a korok, it might be a, a chest, it might be you know something different. But like, typically you'd be like, exploring most areas would get you a reward. Something, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. 
and yeah and and it's it's such a very different playthrough every time you go through because it's so big you're able to do it you know in whatever order you want um like there's a lot of replayability a lot of like Mm -hmm. even if you're going to the same place you're doing it a different way and like yeah i think a lot of like open world games have like a whole lot of like empty space between like interesting locations where there's like nothing to do but there's like Usually at least something interesting to look at in, like, mm-hmm. pretty much every corner of the map here, which is fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, it's really easy to get distracted. You'll be like, all right, I'm going to go this way to do the Zora's Domain thing. And then you're like, oh, what's that over there? And then you, like, get distracted and do, like, three other shrines and find a tower. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, all right, now I need to go back to Zora's Domain. Wait, what's over that over there? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you have to, oh, you have to find the memories manually. Yeah. Which I think mm-hmm. also is like very interesting, and it helps if you've explored the map a lot because you're like, oh, this one's like in a forest. I remember a place that looks like that, or like, oh, this mm-hmm. one, mm-hmm. you can see this landmark, like you can see mm-hmm. Twin, du- <laughs> Twin Peaks, Dueling Peaks, or like you can see <laughs> yeah. the castle from this specific angle, or like mm-hmm. you can see Death Mountain from this angle, and so you can kind of like sort of figure out approximately where they are and still some of them are kind of hard to find mm-hmm. yeah um some of them are obviously like the castle or whatever or you know but some of them are i remember one was really really hard for me to find the mm-hmm. first time it was like in the one of the ones in the woods where it's like there are woods everywhere yeah. <laughs> like yeah. look the same it's <laughs> like really generic i think i used um what's his face's advice for there the painter yeah oh yeah like ta- i eventually him, found it can- yeah, like if you talk to him, you'll like show him a random, uh, not a random one. I think it just depends on where he is because you'll t- talk about one mm-hmm. kind of nearby. Um, but you'll like show him one of the mm-hmm. memory pictures and he'll be like, oh, that looks like this area to the north of here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, I did eventually find it by myself, but it took a while. I went to a lot of forests first and ran yeah. around a lot to find it. Oh, there's also like a lot of mini games in places too. Or like you mm-hmm. can do things over and over again. Like you can do the flight, uh, the flight range. Yeah. Multiple times, or there's like the snow bowling mm-hmm. mini game, or like um, caves that you can find. So there's a lot of like hidden things also, or like little mini game type things. Mm-hmm. And some world or you can just like hunt. Yeah. Oh, yeah, there's Terrytown. Yes. There's also like an, ex- mm-hmm. yeah, the extended side quest for Terrytown, which mm-hmm. is fun. There's also the extended side quest for your house, which I think you have to do before you can do Terrytown. Yeah. Yeah, you have to start it anyway. Yeah. Yeah, because he has to leave. So I think you yeah. have to do part of it. But yeah, so you can have your house in Hateno, mm-hmm. which is cool. I use that to store all the champion weapons because I didn't want to break mm-hmm. them. <laughs> it made me upset when I broke them accidentally. And I was like, no. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yes, build me weapon stands. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I shut up and take my money. <laughs> yeah. Like the the construction guy is like, wow, you have a lot of money. I find that very attractive in a man, basically. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoy him. Yeah, and then all the all the Terrytown people also is really funny. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there's like, and then there's also the mazes. I don't think you talked about that either. Oh my god, oh, yes, yeah. the mazes. <laughs> oh, they're my I favorite. Like they were my favorite part of mm-hmm. the like. I, I don't know. Just I remember when I went into one, and I was like, this is so cool. And then there was a guardian there, like, oh, this is so cool. And then, like, I got lost. I, 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 I did it um, during my my recent playthrough. I uh, headed there pretty early, 
And I realized that the if you just look at the minimap, it kind of more or less shows you the maze. Yeah. So it's much easier than just trying to figure it out yourself. I don't yeah. know why I missed that the first time. <laughs> um, yeah, I think they're really cool. Like, stuff that's not obvious, but yeah, yeah. visually, but I don't like doing them. <laughs> well, I think I also the music for them. Is so, I love the music. For me, I, it's so good. That's, like That's the same music as like the Lost Woods. Yeah. Yeah. yeah before you find it. Like when you mm-hmm. need to find the path to it. Yeah. Yeah, it has a good spooky music, which is good. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, so like the atmosphere about it. And then the first one I did was the one in the Northeast where you then can like go down to a hole and like, cool. And you get a chest. And then all of a sudden, all the guardians wake up. And you're like, <laughs> oh, not cool. <laughs> Let's get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and there's like just islands. There's like random islands, like Tingle Island and stuff. Like there's a bunch of <laughs> um, just really funny things that you can do oh and then tide island yeah even yeah. Tide island which is just really a neat. link's awakening reference which i didn't realize the first time <laughs> i played because i hadn't played link's awakening there were so many <laughs> this references time i was like this is just link's awakening <laughs> when we saw the the map we were talking about because i had played not that many games like i think i played wind waker and then started a couple games so we played breath of the wild but yeah like there's so many when, when i started breath of the wild like when the game came out there's so many references in the map to like names mm-hmm. from places from mm-hmm. past games. It's really, really fun if you've played a lot of Zelda games. Yeah. Yeah. The map is just one big love letter to the series. Like in general, mm-hmm. I think this game is in a lot of ways. Like there's a lot of yeah. references to the history, yeah. but like, yeah, there's so many good references in the map. Some of them are like, like almost make you a little emotional when you see them. Like I like, like there's like Macau and Lulu Lake next to each other. In, I know. Uh, in the Zora. In the Zora's area. domain. Yeah, then there's like a little finally there's like Lineback Island. You're like, oh, he's got an island. <laughs> he got his own that. island. Yeah, yeah probably. <laughs> yeah, it's very charming. Yeah, and it's like it I think like every game or like all the main ones anyway has some kind of reference on the map. Like there's mm-hmm. locations from the Oracle's games and mm-hmm. and Minish Cap, like pretty obscure. Not obscure as a Zelda game, but you know, the ones that Deep not everyone has played. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Definitely hard to talk about this game without talking about the map because, like, it's such a big component of the game. Mm-hmm. Like, normally we're like, mm-hmm. "Oh, we went to this temple. Like, that was cool. I liked this temple." But this is like the whole the whole map is like an element in and of itself, and like the mm-hmm. landscape that mm-hmm. have substantial impact on the game, which is cool. Like Zelda's always been really good at having like different environments and fun environments but i think breath of the wild in particular takes that to another level which is nice mm-hmm. tears of kingdom also does but in in different yeah. ways <laughs> so many different ways <laughs> um speed runs all right it's so finally time run. yeah let's talk about it oh my goodness so some major updates um like- as of recording one month ago, there has been a new speedrun. Actually, there have been wow. like, number one, two, and three are all one month ago. Wow. Um, and I wonder if, an, I, I haven't looked into it too much yet, um, because I just looked back at it um, again recently, because you know, I'd, I'd seen the speedruns not too long ago. It's a bit different. There's a new tech that's been discovered. I don't know when. I tried looking up hmm. um, briefly... Um, because I, I did a refresher course on the, the speedrun this morning. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was kind of last minute. Um, I was expecting it to be, you know, pretty similar to what I had already known. And then it, uh, this. So um, 
Uh, okay, tell us the news. <laughs> well, well, basically, it's that is that one month ago, ago number one, two, and three spots are um, from all from one month ago, and then um, oh, there's a tie. Uh, fifth place is tied between two people: one from five months ago, one from one month ago. But uh, let's see: uh, first, second, third, fifth, seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth. So uh, eight out of the top ten are all one month ago. Mm. So my guess is that this tech was discovered a month ago. So I will go ahead and recap the speedrun for you. Um, Yay. Uh, the what I watched was the number the the one that was that's currently number one by player five okay. at twenty three minutes and forty two seconds, and um it starts off um you go beeline you you come out of the 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 shrine of resurrection and you basically beeline to the temple of time, okay. um and you pick up a few like a shield and a sword on the way um. And I think the reason you beeline to the Temple of Time is because of this new new tech. You pick up, like, a pot. Usually you use a bomb, but you don't have a bomb at this point. So there's a pot at the Temple of Time. So you, like, pick it up, and, like, while you're jumping and equip something at the same time, I'm not entirely sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's what it looked like. You had to, like, put, grab something in your hand while you're jumping and trying to equip something. And then all of a sudden, you start flying backwards or something like that in in a general direction relative to links where link is facing Mm -hmm. you're no longer affected by gravity you just go straight um and so you can adjust your angle to go wherever you need to go but you go pretty fast um so (laughs) fast that you the game freezes while you load uh (laughs) the map and then you just do the great plateau you know get get your your ruins get enter the shrines by clipping through them by doing some weird jump throw shield surf roll thing <laughs> i don't know but you can clip through the, the sides of the shrines so you don't even have to activate them you just go down uh into them you do them um you start with the bombs because a that lets you do that that i'm just going to call it air surfing i don't know bomb surfing i don't know Whatever it's called, um, that lets you do it that way. But also, mm-hmm. the other major major um, glitch that you use is if you jump and drop a circular bomb and then a square bomb and then detonate the circular bomb, uh, it causes the square bomb to fly into you and you go launching. Mm-hmm. So most of the times what they do is they just use that to skip the entire dungeon. You just go launching and land right on the end of the shrine. So you don't even do most of those shrines. Mm-hmm. So you do that, you then bomb surf all the way over to the next shrine, do a bomb jump, bomb surf to the next one. Um, and then the speedrun I was familiar with, so then you go get your paraglider at um, the Temple of Time. And the speedrun I'm familiar with, you would have to... Um, get the Bokoblins uh, by the Temple of Time in a certain place so you can jump off their heads while you're um, shield surfing and you are in a the slow animation from the arrows and that will launch you flying straight to the castle. 
Mm. This time you just do the bum jump, the surf thing, and you just keep going until you get to the castle. And then <laughs> you clip through the wall and you do that weird bum jump where it launches you all the way up and you just like, you're not even in the bounds of the castle. Going up and all this, all around, skipping through the entire thing because you're inside the castle and not actually in the... Well, you're supposed to be and you're out of bounds. Mm. Well, you do, you do, you, while you're at the castle, you do uh, a few things to gather weapons to make sure that you have enough to kill Ganon. Mm. Um, you gather uh, some ancient arrows because they're strong and there's three that you can pick up at some point. You at previously you also use an amiibo to get um fish so you can make a strong meal to <laughs> boost your attack up to max. Um uh-huh. because why not? And then you shoot an ancient arrow before you even start the battle to Ganon. Start the oh, battle yeah. to Ganon, and then that ancient arrow hits Ganon immediately, causing you to skip the entire first phase. Well. And then after that, it's just um, more or less a a, a cycle um, of just, like, avoiding attacks, waiting for your opportunity, being as efficient as you can, hitting him when, like, you know, at the right times to get a little bit of extra damage in, and going through Ganon. Mm. But yeah, so because of that, it's kind of a return to form to, like, the older speedruns of like mm-hmm. using bombs and weird momentum glitches to like just go flying through the map, super bomb jumps and stuff like that. Um, which well, also you get like the light bows just given to you, so like you don't even need that much equipment to get through the fight. Yes. Yep, yep, that's when you get the light bow. So yeah, um, you really just need enough uh, swords to not break. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, the, 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 you switch between them for a certain, like, uh, you switch to a boomerang to throw it, uh, at the eye for one of the Ganon phases and stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. so like, you know, that it's, that's the whole sort of, you know, um, I, I guess it's a, it's a, uh, a balancing act of what items are accessible to get quickly versus which items are effective to kill Ganon quickly. Uh-huh. I mean, that's a speed run. Um, what was the time? What's the, you said it was twenty two minutes and twenty three minutes and forty two seconds. Wow, yeah, that's fast. Do you mm-hmm. want to know, how, like, if if you wanted to speed run <laughs> like Zelda games quickly, what number that is, like, like of yeah, of like what's the, the fastest? Games? Yeah, what's what's the fastest? But but not even, how many other Zelda games are faster than Breath of the Wild at twenty three minutes and forty two seconds? Do you know? I do. Okay, so yes, I Ocarina of Time's quick because it's got that. Isn't it like seven minutes glitch, or something? But... Yeah. <laughs> it looks like that it is number six, Breath of the Wild. Okay. With um, four swords at 20 minutes and 42 seconds. Zelda 2, The Adventure of Link to 18 minutes. How, Ocarina how... of Time. Do you remember how you speedrun that game? Like, how do you. I how... don't remember. Okay, I don't know. I'd have to go back and listen because I'm just like, how do you not die? Like Zelda two, um, and I don't know. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. I remember there. There's a certain point you where you can a building or something. It, yeah, right? you you go into a building and like it takes you to the like the wrong vill like town like a town yeah. that isn't supposed to exist. 
and like from there you can then go and like just get to the credits or something like that yeah but, yeah i forgot about that I, yeah there of, was a yeah <laughs> ocarina of time ocarina is of time. 16 minutes and 52 seconds uh 58 seconds uh, wow. Link's Awakening is four minutes and thirty-four seconds at number two, and apparently, A Link to the Past is a minute and a half. <laughs> Fun. We must have talked about this, but I, yeah, I forget how you speed run that too. Well, I, I, I typically don't watch the. I, I, I don't know why I didn't watch a minute and a half speed run, but I typically yeah. try to go for the ones that are a bit longer, that are a bit more interesting. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and like I, I meant to watch a longer speed run but like for some reason i couldn't seem to find many on youtube that were not any percent hmm. and like i found one today but again, for breath of the wild um, for breath of the wild yeah um because there are um well so okay so probably because the any percent is fun like it's yeah, like you yeah, know you use bombs and stuff mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah yeah um but there's a there's a good number of oh my goodness i, I mean breath of the wild is a hugely popular game so there's a lot yeah. of all dungeons a lot of all main quests. Uh, mm. I mean, there's 30, 30 records, which is, you know, decent. It's a lot. I mean, that's more than some mm. of the main other mainline games yeah. like combined. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, there was one game, I can't remember which one it was, but you were like, yeah, if you speedrun this, you could be fifth place or whatever. You just have yeah. to enter a time. I don't remember yeah. which game it was, but yeah. <laughs> Even like uh, Leap Between Worlds was like, if you wanted to do 100% like, or, or something I think like that, that was one the one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, there was. Um, yeah, but there's definitely been a couple that aren't as popular. So. Yeah, yeah, because um, cousin was missing like his one thing, and we were like, "Oh, if you find that, you can enter the." You can be, you can be the, like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, it was one my my or something that he. So yeah. one heart piece. A <laughs> oh, one heart piece. Yeah, because at least the my mys you have a general area that you can look and be like, "Oh, this is where it's at." But yeah. not for. They also make noise. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they're so cute. Um, <laughs> Yeah, even all are, shrines. Do you think my Mai are cuter than Koroks, or are Koroks cuter than my Mai? Is this going to start a fight in the fandom? <laughs> yes, Let, I'm all for it. <laughs> yeah. But what what do you think? What's your opinion? Koroks or my Mai's? I think my Mai's make a cuter sound, but Koroks are cuter overall. Well, yeah, Koroks have a personalities. I feel like, mm-hmm. uh, and my Mai's they all are... have the same personality. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but still, um... my Mai's don't have a personality at all. They're yeah. just like, but meep, I like their chirp and the fact that they're it along to the uh, item get theme when you pick. That's really up. the best part. But <laughs> to be fair, Hestu is a Korok and he says da na na na, so yeah. he doesn't make a noise, but his dialogue does go along with the item noise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Should I do a poll? I think <laughs> in Spotify there's like features where you can have like get feedback and stuff on episodes. If you put out a poll, Korok is my vice. I think people yeah. like Koroks probably. I don't know. There's yeah. probably more people who played Breath of the Wild than Link's Awakening. I don't know. They like torturing yeah. Koroks. <laughs> <laughs> but that's like the opportunities presented, you know? <laughs> it's like <laughs> you, there's nothing you can do but collect the Mai Mai's. You can't, you can't hurt yeah. them. Maybe people would if they could. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Uh, so I guess I can go ahead and, yeah, explain the, um, go ahead and list the top players. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so player five has the speed run for any percent one month ago, twenty three minutes and forty two seconds. So it was like With, May. Yeah, yeah, twenty twenty three in May. Um, okay. Koroks right behind him with uh, twenty three minutes <laughs> and forty nine seconds, so seven seconds short. 
And then another 10 seconds slower is Trevor SR with one, also one month ago. Oh, there's a hero mode too. Hmm. It's hmm. about the same. Uh, 24 hmm. minutes and 55 seconds by um, player five still. And I believe uh, all dungeons is by ZDI. Um, hour 25, 48. Hmm. Um, one month ago. Pretty good considering you just have to get get to all of them. Like you have to run to all of them. So Yeah. Yeah. Um, player five, seven months ago is an hour and 26 minutes, 41 seconds. So about a full minute slower. Let's see. All main quests, player five again, with two hours and nine minutes, 49 seconds, six months ago. And Arna, second place, two hours, 13 minutes, 36 seconds. So a solid four minutes about. It's kind of funny that like this game is like probably the Zelda game with, other than Tears of Kingdom, the Zelda game with the most content. And you can like beat it in 25 minutes. Mm-hmm. There were other ones where there's like base. I mean, like they're just there's less because they're older games, but it takes like forever. Yeah, be, or, you know the speed run is yeah. much longer. Even even the hundred percent. I feel. Uh, oh no, those are fifteen hours. Never mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, fifteen hundred percent is fifteen hours. Fifteen hours and twenty seven minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. By Ukurapan. Can't imagine beating this game in fifteen hours. hundred percent this game in fifteen hours. Mm-hmm. 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 I guess if you just know where everything is, where they're like, I want to see a picture of a whatever, mm-hmm. and then you, yeah, it's like, I mean, if I you can, like, plan a route, I guess you can do that? Yeah. I don't know. Just, I don't know how you don't mess up and, like, miss right. a Korok or something, you know? Like, mm-hmm. Oh my god. Yeah, that's such a good point. Unless yeah, you just have to memorize literally everything. So you're like, okay, he, if I go this or you route, have a I can get this Korok. Like, tells you, like, you have to, like, cross off probably, everything. Probably, yeah, like, yeah. Tracker or something. Mm-hmm. There's probably a route that people do. I know this game has some like silly speed runs too. Like I remember we talked about the Mount Percent one that went a little went around <laughs> a little while back. Where it's like <laughs> the goal is like to ride everything you can ride, which includes like not just mm. horses and and deer and stuff, but also so uh, Sidon like- and Taba. <laughs> you can ride them. Oh, no, yeah, because yeah, you're uh, yeah, you're in the, the, uh, the oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. So you have to. Do, so you're saying you have to do the cut the scene where you open the divine beast for all of them or whatever, or start it and then run away or something. That's really funny. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's funny. I like that. Yeah, I like when games get to the point where people are like making like really silly mm-hmm. kinds of speed runs and stuff. Because we waited. So I love how they always give it silly names. It's always like whatever percent, even though it doesn't make any sense. It's like <laughs> yeah, percent. percent. <laughs> yeah, it's a percent of of all mounts. Yes. Does that mean you have to ride every Lionel, or is it just like one? I think it's just a Lionel, one, like example okay. of each a Lionel thing, so. and a Sidon, but there's yes. only one. <laughs> there can only be one. Mm-hmm. It's funny. Lord of the Mountain. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Mm-hmm. That's actually there's some randomness with the Lord of the Mountain too, so you'd have to that could there could be randomness in that um, speed run. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you want to talk about visuals and music? I think so. Mm-hmm. Okay, my aim is not to spend too long. I think, like I said, it's very difficult to talk about this. Game. We can't talk about literally every single thing because there's yeah. like there's so much A lot of things. Like, <laughs> yeah, so many side quests. The soundtrack is like um, I think there was like six hours straight of music that yeah there's a lot i think last for skyward sword i was like 
guys, there are there's like a three hour movie worth of cutscenes. Like I mm-hmm. think there's thirty minutes of memories alone, and then like whatever the end fights, like probably a substantial amount of cutscenes, and then like whatever cutscenes for like side quests, like the fucking flower lady, <laughs> um, for example. Like there's a lot of animation, and this game I think notably related to si- related to the cutscenes. Um, is notably there is this is the first game with substantial voice acting where there's actually like words mm-hmm. more mm-hmm. than like haha or whatever you know yeah. and people going hmm or you know making noises <laughs> yeah, <ha-ha. laughs> yeah the greatest <laughs> voice acting. Um, I think this is the game <laughs> yeah is this the first one where like you don't get to name Link he's just Link because people have I to talk yeah I don't think so <laughs> yeah yeah you don't get to name yourself in this game. But also, you don't really make a save file because it's by user on your Switch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, maybe on the Wii U version, you name yourself. I'm not sure. No, I, 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 sure I never think so. Otherwise, you know, just like save like file the, the very first words are Link, Link, wake up. Yeah, Link, wake yeah. up. Oh, yeah, like... that's true. Yeah, as you say, like, I think it's because of the voice acting. Like, mm-hmm. You can just like sub in your name. Oh, that's a good point. Wherever. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like a computerized voice where it's like the voice actor's yeah. like voice all cut up <laughs> i mean with ai better. we can we can have you heard have you seen the ai um generated i've like, heard and i'm scared conversations oh yeah uh-huh. yeah yeah so i think we should encourage that no i, I definitely yeah. don't you heard it here like, first. I, don't, I don't want AI the computers to know my name <laughs> no i also i don't want the i don't want i just don't Oh, I just think it's a bad technology, and I think people are going to yeah, regret it, I, but whatever. Yeah, yeah. That's my opinion. It's the way it's being used. I think there's probably good uses for it, but not not, not this. Not this. Not this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not cutting up yeah. Kanye West's voice and putting him in your own was, music uh, or whatever yeah. with his rights. <laughs> there was, uh, I think it was Fallout 4, where like they had a character that like, they actually recorded like, like the a couple hundred like most common first names so like if you actually entered one of those it would address you like by oh, the wow. that's pretty dope Which, <laughs> yeah but it's recorded but, like a, a name it's yeah, not it's, generated that's different yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a lot of effort so i don't blame them for just being like no nah, he's a he's linked this time <laughs> yeah i think also nintendo can't name is him more like... or whatever <laughs> <laughs> Oh, what's my grandson's name again? I forgot. (laughs) (laughs) King Rome is like, oh, it's you, jackass. (laughs) It makes Uh, sense while you're in Zora Domain. (laughs) Yeah, really, for real. (laughs) Um, But yeah, like, I guess for because of that reason, but there's substantial voice acting, and it was released in like several languages also. So not only Mm -hmm. is there voice acting in like Japanese and English, but I think it was released in like six languages. And even, Mm -hmm. like, for several years, they released, like, patches with different languages. I don't know how many there are now, but, like, they're, like, they. I think the last ones they added were, like, Korean and Chinese, I think. Um, And that was released as a patch. Uh, I think, actually, sorry, years might be an overstatement. I think it was maybe, like, a couple of months that they were still patching it. Mm -hmm. So I think they said, I think I was reading that the final rap party was, like, May um of the year that it came out and it came out in March. Okay. What year did I say? Twenty thirteen or something? Twenty twenty seventeen. Twenty seventeen. Yeah, there we yeah, go. Yeah, twenty seventeen. Twenty thirteen's too early. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. So yeah, substantial voice acting this time. 
I was just trying to decide what I want to say about the voice acting because I, I definitely whinged about Zelda's voice before. I think it's fine and it grow, I think it grows on you. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I do think that in comparison to Breath of the Wild, Tears of the Kingdom, the voice acting Tears of the Kingdom is 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 better. But mm-hmm. yeah. We talk about that with Tears of the Kingdom. Mm-hmm. I was listening to the I was watching the um cutscene like the memory cutscene skin today before we recorded and I was like, they're just like a little flat. Like it's not horrible. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah, there's definitely been worse voice acting in video games. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. <laughs> so yeah, so there's substantial voice acting, which is great. I think it's really it adds a lot of emotion. What I was gonna say, I think the reason I led into this is because we were talking about like technology and games, and Nintendo was like, "Oh, we'll just name him Link." And I think it's like Nintendo cares about specifically a lot of the interviews you read about Breath of the Wild and like the choices they made were like, "We wanted to evoke emotion." And like, what is the most? What is the the way that we can evoke emotion with this game. And I think they chose to use voice acting specifically for that. And so like they mm. maybe locked down player choice in favor of evoking more emotion with these cutscenes. So yeah. um, I think it was a really interesting choice. And I think it worked. We've been talking about the, the memories. We talked about the memories a lot and like yeah. how the characters are relatable. Like, and they're definitely a great addition to like mm-hmm. um, the storytelling of, of the series and all that. So I agree. I think the voices for the other champions are really nice um, as well. Mm-hmm. Link continues to be silent. They wouldn't give Link a voice, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think he's still there's still a lot of emotion in the way that he acts in the cutscenes. Like some people are yeah. like, "Oh, Link is Link is doesn't show emotion on his face and stuff," and it's like I, I disagree with that though. Like I don't know. Mm-hmm. I think he's still emotive. Yeah, just like doesn't it's talk. kind of like yeah, it's kind of part of his characterization too, because like you find out from like the the memories in Zelda's diary that like, you know, he's kind of that stoic cause he's under a lot of pressure and mm-hmm. it's kind of like locking things down and trying to, you know, present a, a solid, confident front. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's like additions like Zelda's diaries and, and the memories and stuff like really, oh, really do make the characters very relatable. And I like it. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I put Koroks and Hestu in voice acting. <laughs> I made a note there, but the Koroks have their little yahaha as we talked about, which is obviously yeah. great voice acting. Mm-hmm. They make me chuckle every time. And then Hestu. Song. Yeah. Oh, is it thundering there now? Yep. I need a <laughs> hustle. <it> <laughs> but yeah, he does his dance, which is also important music wise. I guess I should talk about that. <laughs> And he has his maracas. So there's another important instrument, obviously, in, yes. in Breath of the Wild. Yeah. <laughs> no player instrument, I feel like though, his, no horrible pan flute. I don't know if I'm just imagining it. Is his song sort of a remix of Mambo's Mambo? Uh, oh, <laughs> it definitely I don't know. Huh. It in, me, in me, at least. Mambo's Mambo. I'm going to try a new tactic this time, which is to actually play sound for y'all. Get ready. Okay. We've heard. (gasps) I think it is. (laughs) It's very similar. (laughs) Nice. Something I only noticed on this playthrough. Because we hadn't... Because, I mean, I didn't remember what Breath of the Wild sounded or like um, what Mambo's Mambo sounded like. Mm-hmm. You didn't know. I didn't know. I had no idea that such delights existed. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I like his expanded dance in Tears of the Kingdom. Yeah, I really um, like it. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, the Koroks are cute. They have a little cute voice. They're fun. And they have like, I think um, 
they have like little jingly noises and seed noises and stuff. Like they also have, there's a lot of good, like little sound effects in this game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They jingle like uh, Makara used to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Except not as, <laughs> not as obnoxiously because they're not behind you constantly, but you have to like chase and dive them and stuff. So they kind of like jingle in the wild, which is cute. Mm-hmm. So you can kind of hear them, which is also kind of like the Mai Mai's. Yeah. <laughs> general things that i want to talk about like i said i can't possibly talk about all the music in breath of the wild because it's like hours and hours and hours and it's wonderful my opinion is that it's wonderful i don't know i know a lot of people were like oh there's no like like temple songs and it's like i get it i get it we've all played ocarina Mm -hmm. of time it's a wonderful game there's wonderful wonderful music and everywhere is different and it has its own vibe but like i think that the i do think that the music and that they chose to use in Breath of the Wild. And apparently the team, oh, the, I should say, the credits for this were um, uh, Hachime Okai was the sound director, Manaka Katoka was, and um, Yasuaki Yuara were the, like, main composers. I don't know how they split up work. I'm not sure how they get, like, credits. I don't know if all three of them made all the music or whatever, but those are the three main credits for uh, this game. And I um, can't remember. Two of them also came back for uh, Tears of the Kingdom. So that's also kind of an interesting note for later. But yeah, I think like in general, the vibe in Breath of the Wild is there's a lot of, um, the, the team tried to make more, make the music be more like environmental and fade into the background mm-hmm. more and chose to purposefully do this. Mm-hmm. There's still a lot of repeated like like melodies that you would be familiar with from other Zelda games, like Zelda's Lullaby comes back. I think the Zora's Domain is really similar to the Zora's Domain in Twilight Princess. Mm-hmm. I think one of the most notable ones is um, the Rudo or Rudo <laughs> Rito Village yeah. music, um, which is similar from, or it's the same song, it's the same melody from Wind Waker. Yeah, Which like made me really happy. Of Dragon Roost Island. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Dragon Roost Island. There's an intro. And this is the theme from um, Wind Waker. And then I wanted to play the night music because it's uh, the same like theme, but also more, even more chill. And like one thing that's really interesting about all of these places is they often, there's music during the day and there's different music at night, um, which we've seen in other Zelda games before, but I think it's really nice. 
the same theme, like the same melody, but in the nighttime you have a different arrangement. So there's different instruments. It's slower. And the main instrument is like piano instead of like the other one was more like a mandolin sound mm -hmm. um, during the day. And you have that for like almost everywhere, at least definitely the main places like Kakariko and like the Zora's mm -hmm. Domain and Rito Village. So, so this lends mm -hmm. to the substantial amount of music, which is really interesting. Mm -hmm. I think that the places have really distinct music, maybe sometimes running around in like Hyrule Field or whatever. It doesn't necessarily have like the same vibe as like a Ocarina of Time type game yeah. where you have like the Hyrule Field theme. But I think there's definitely distinct place sounds in Breath of the mm -hmm. Wild. Yeah. yeah, I think the music is underrated in this game. I like, I think because I kind of knew what I was doing, I had more chance to just sort of appreciate it this playthrough. Mm -hmm. yeah. Like, yeah, there's some really stellar tracks in this game that get used to really good effect. Like, you mm -hmm. talked about Zelda, Zelda's Lullaby coming back, and um, one place that really struck me, and I just kind of sat there and like listened for a bit, because uh, is in the the music when you're in Hyrule Castle. Oh yeah, which is like oh, really yeah. you know dark and ominous and stuff. And it's like I don't know if this is just timed and I just happen to hit it right, or if it triggers when you're in the area. But for me, Zelda's Lullaby, like a kind of dark but still hopeful version of Zelda's Lullaby, comes in part way through. And for me, it came in right when I was in Zelda's room. Oh neat. Yeah, and so like like that hit me hard. I had to like sit there and just kind of like listen to that for a minute. It is really great. The whole Hyrule's Hyrule Castle. Mm -hmm. Um music is cool and it references a lot i think it references all three ganon's theme zelda's theme and Link's yeah theme. it's really ominous with the thunder in the background at your house <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's really ominous in general but it's extra ominous yeah. <laughs> it's great though and i, I think actually track definitely. i agree and also um this has the same kind of like repeated um themes from that we've seen in the past and other uh, Zelda games like the organ music and like Ganon's mm -hmm. theme specifically is exactly the same as it mm -hmm. always is yeah. on the organ. And then like all the fight music for sure is like fully orchestrated, like it's played with an orchestra. I think there's like a mix of synth and orchestral music in this game. I don't know exactly how, but there's a lot of synthesized sound in like the shrines mm -hmm. and like the guardian music, which makes a lot of sense because I think it's all part of the same aesthetic that they're trying oh. to develop that like Magitech aesthetic. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, but you still have yeah, a lot of like repeat themes and instrument choices I think in a lot of the areas of, in the yeah. game another one I really like is um, like a sped up version of the Hyrule Castle theme plays when the old man is talk shows up at the beginning mm -hmm. so it's kind of hinting at his like identity before the reveal oh was the last leader of Hyrule, a kingdom which no longer exists. 
the whole first part of the game has like specific background tracks for like when you wake up and go outside like there's the cutscene when you go outside which we also didn't talk about yet but it's like a reference to the original like uh artwork um cover artwork for oh, legend of zelda yeah, yeah, yeah. where he goes out and looks out at the mountain and sees like the world you know um yeah. sees the world of hyrule but yeah there's like all of those things and all those cutscenes. like every part where you're talking to him to him specifically in the beginning have like their own background soundtracks that mm-hmm. are specific as so do all the memories like they're not just playing like background music that's repeating in the cutscene. they have like um they have like a soundtrack if it if that makes sense like they have like mm-hmm. a yeah. Uh, like a specific soundtrack to what's happening. Yeah, yeah, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So they all have their own individual ones. It, it like repeats a lot of the sounds from other parts of the game, but like it'll, if you look at the actual like tracks, if you um, look online or whatever, you can see there's like this cut name of this cutscene, name of this cutscene, name of this cutscene, and you can see how the um, the music like follows the cutscene, which is very interesting. Yeah. One other thing that's kind of interesting that I noticed is that in the different areas in Hyrule, like in the main four, the different um, like areas where you're in the Goron village and the Rito, the Sora area, the desert. <laughs> Why can't I remember? Gerudo, the Gerudo. <laughs> all I could think of was Goron. And I was like, why is this not <laughs> happening? Why is the brain not working? Anyway, in the, in the Gerudo area, they all have their own, they all have their own theme songs, obviously, but they also kind of have like, uh, specific instruments that are used in their background music. So, like, we heard an example already in the Rito Village, which is that, like, mandolin sound, mm-hmm. but also, like, um, also uh, causes um, <laughs> uh, what's it called? Accordion. Accordion yeah. is used a lot. Um, and all the... One thing that's really interesting is that the the fight... I noticed the fight music for the Divine Beast is really similar and it turns out that it's the same song, but it has different instrumentation in all of them. So, like, let me just find you. Um, here's Fireblight Ganon. And then let's listen to Windblight Ganon. So this is the same fight in different Divine Beasts. So there's accordion in this one. The lead. So like all the divine beasts are like that, but they kind of have this like theme that's carried through in the specific like instruments that are used. So they kind of also all the different areas have like even where some of the music is the same or it's the same composition, there's still high like kind of um personalized isn't the right way to say they're 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 thematically linked to that area of the map mm-hmm. and that that part of the world also, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. Um and mm-hmm. I really enjoyed that. When I was preparing for this, noticing that. 
I really love Cass's theme. Yes. Me too. Do you want to listen to it? I'll bring it up. <laughs> always. Um, <laughs> it's like the answer to that is always yes. Um, and I love the way it's used, like, like I don't know, the sound uh, scape of it, like, in the world. Because, like, you can hear his accordion from, like, pretty far, far pretty far away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, you, like, you can find him and he'll have some little puzzle for you. And it's also just nice to have, like, a friendly face out in the world. So when you hear the accordion, you're like, oh, Cass is here. Mm-hmm, he's mm-hmm. here he's here <laughs> um it is great here it is let's listen to it just for a second because mm-hmm. i love it also But yeah, so anyway, he's, and you hear that everywhere. So like be at a place and it's overlapped over some of the other background music, like environmental music, which is cool. He also plays that La La Ranch theme, like a bonus song at the stable when he's near the stables. Sounds really good on accordion bonus song. <laughs> it does. Mm-hmm. Lala and Ranch is kind of a funny theme. Like it has in Ocarina of Time, it has like a real they recorded it. I can't remember what all the instrumentation is, but they recorded it as kind of like a country song, like a folk song. Mm-hmm. So on accordion it also sounds really good. <laughs> There's something about mm-hmm. the way that it that it comes through. It's like on a on an accordion, which is nice. <laughs> There's a lot of piano music in this game. There's like a substantial mm-hmm. amount of piano music. I don't remember if we talked about this in other games ever because um i don't think there's ever been like really like just acoustic piano noises um but i think like one of the songs that's my favorite that has it is the horseback riding song there's also one a version at night that has it's like similar and it also has a reference to the hyrule field theme song in it too but yeah that that's a good one uh, I think the other thing that's notable is this, like, we haven't talked about the aesthetics yet, but, like, the musical aesthetic of, like, the Sheikah stuff in shrines. I think the shrine music is a good example. There's a lot of use of, like, chimes and this, like, mm. degraded uh, noise. You can see it fading. You can already hear the chime. Or like bells. There's also like a um, oboe kind of noise or something that comes in later in the shrine music. Mm-hmm. And also like the strings are added here. So like there's also substantial like orchestra, like as in string mm-hmm. orchestra that's added to a lot of the music in Breath of the Wild also. Uh, mentally prepare yourself because I'm gonna play the <laughs> I'm gonna play the the, the, 
guardian music, which is really cool when you listen to it mm -hmm. in isolation and you're not running away from a guardian. Um, and the reason that it's cool is because it has all these things that I talked about. Like it has that like kind of a mix of synth and acoustic sounds, but it also has a lot of like little, I don't know, like little beepy boopy noises in the background too. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it has like a clock ticking noise. <laughs> Here, let's listen. stop i'll stop for y'all um but yeah it has this like clock ticking and like the chime noise it's really interesting and in isolation i'm so used to the laser sound on top of mm -hmm, it mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah it is um there's a lot of like the all the ancient tech noises kind of have that similar the similar characteristics like this kind of like chime noises i think the um guardian like that ticking the clock ticking noise is a really interesting choice in the yeah. in the song it kind of gives it a mechanical vibe without being you know, overly like clinky clangy, like, yeah. <laughs> like, in, but yeah, you don't, when you hear it without the like sound effect of the guardian and the laser at the, and like you attacking and swinging your sword and making noise at the same time, it's a, it's still frantic. And it has that like kind of squeaking, like tape scratching kind of noise at the beginning. Like, I don't even know how to describe mm -hmm. it. There's this sort of like scratch noise at the beginning too. All those things are going to really put you on edge. Um, yeah. But it's cool. Yeah, it's kind of the sound effects really kind of like they layer onto the theme well. I feel like that's the thing that Zelda does well mm -hmm. a lot, even when it's not like intentionally like uh, dynamic music. But mm -hmm. Like um, like in uh, Spirit Tracks, where like the sound of your train layers over that that overworld theme really well. Yeah, I agree. And I don't think any of this music. I mean, I think there's some dynamism, but I do think that these are like tracks that are just like looped. A lot of them are just looped. It's just that they're mm -hmm. very rich, so you don't really notice it looping. Yeah. yeah. Um, you can see that even these examples, uh, we're looking at the timestamps, right? And they're like 50 seconds or two minutes or whatever. So the melody is only looping for like a minute or so for a lot of these songs. Mm -hmm. um, but with everything else that's happening in the environment, I think it's like not, it's not like you're just like, oh, it's the same song over and over, same part over and over again. And I think the the ambience in a lot of the songs too, like that you're going to be listening to for the longest period of time, make it because like um, I was initially disappointed with the music because like you know Zelda songs can be so great and like you know even the songs that are like bangers and and this soundtrack are really great, mm -hmm. and I just feel like they could have spent their time working on more mm -hmm. of those. But I feel like if they had songs like that just playing in the overworld constantly, you would get so tired of it because mm -hmm. you're in there for mm -hmm. so long sometimes you're just sitting there waiting and like i think mm -hmm. i think that um fit the gameplay and what you'd be doing and how you'd be there the the soundtrack fits but it yeah. is just a miss like it there's always that like but all the good music that could have come out if they did <laughs> you know um yeah, I think it, it had to be, like, more atmospheric just because, yeah. like, in, like you said, in previous games, it's like you're not in Hyrule Field very long. You're just going from point A to point B usually. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, like... And even then, probably Hyrule Field's one of the longer songs where there's, yeah, like, it's variation. More, yeah, it's a more atmospheric song, too. Like, it's definitely a strong theme, but it's, like... Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's not as, like, it's not like the, like the battle themes or it's anything. It's more... Mm -hmm. and, like, a lot yeah. of the temple music is fairly kind of, like, chilled out in the background. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't like, distract too much while you're puzzle solving and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah.
And I think it also just like in general just leads into the kind of lonely like mm. post-apocalyptic atmosphere that this game has. For sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think this game is definitely like we talked about it. I think a little bit we talked about Tears of Kingdom, how there's like more NPCs around and there's like more stuff happening. I think like the intent of Breath of the Wild is that you feel alone. Like you have this task that you have to do to a certain extent until you go and like make, make friends with all the different uh, new champions, pseudo champions. Right. Mm-hmm. And like find your memories again and stuff. But a lot of it is like you're alone working towards something yourself that only you can do or whatever. Like it's kind of mm-hmm. part of the vibe and, and message, I guess in this game. So it contributes to that. Um, do you have any other things that you'd like to say about music before we talk about visual style? Um, no, I mean, I think we've already called out all the, the really, really good ones. Oh yeah, I just saw a note that I forgot to bring up earlier, which is um, I think you, Kayla, brought this up when we were talking about Tears of the Kingdom or something, but it also happened in this game when Zelda has the Master Sword like after the cutscenes where Link is injured and she return- takes the Master oh. Sword to to the um, to the woods, there's like Fi's noise, little sword noise. Yeah. <laughs> I enjoyed that. I was like, oh, she's still there. Yeah, I feel like Long I recognized the reference the first time I played, but having played this like so soon after we played Skyward Sword, it like really got me in an emotional place to hear like mm-hmm. Fi's theme in there. It's like, oh, she's still trying to look after her master. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Truly, Link isn't alone mm-hmm. ever, but yeah, I heard that and I was like, oh, oh, <laughs> it made me happy. Mm-hmm. I thought the music was really good. I really enjoyed the music in Breath of the Wild. Yeah. I've always enjoyed it, even when we were playing it through like. I remember the horse riding theme really sticking out. And I was like, oh, this is like so charming. I'm like riding my horse, this little piano, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, spoilers, I, I think I like the the musical choices in Tears of the Kingdom more. But until that game came out, I was like, this is dope. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> yeah, and I think the, the two games have different goals with their... Yeah, for sure. Their music and everything, so... They're definitely establishing a different vibe. Like, I think the music that's very different in Tears of the Kingdom is for, you know, to match other aesthetics in the game. So Mm -hmm. without talking about it too much, shall we talk about Tears of the Kingdom? But yeah, yeah. Visuals, I want to talk about a little bit and then we'll talk about our, you know, impressions, final impressions. Mm -hmm. Because I don't also don't have that much to say. Like, obviously, the world we talked about a little bit earlier, uh, which is why I don't have that much else to say about it. But it's like. Got, it's a very, I think it's like an evolved style that's similar from Skyward Sword. I think they kind of took those mm-hmm. aesthetics. Like, there's definitely different things. Like, like they really went, leaned into the glowing Magitek aesthetic that mm-hmm. we talked about many times before. Mm-hmm. I think the shrines, well, like, I think it's it's been stated in interviews and stuff, and you can see it really obviously in the influence that the, the Sheikah, uh, like the shrines and guardians and Jika Towers have this aesthetic that's really similar to the Jomon period or Jomon period artifacts from Japan. Mm-hmm. There's a really famous like photo of like a pot 
that basically looks like a guardian upside down. <laughs> if you've yeah. never seen, I could send it to you. I think it's pretty well known, but that's sort of like abstract geometric again, styling. And then they added that kind of like glowing tech aesthetic mm-hmm. and the eye laser and stuff that Zelda is really known mm-hmm. for. And you put all that together and you get a guardian. Um, so you have mm-hmm. that basically. And the shrines are similar looking as well. So Yeah. I like the, I mean, it gets a little boring, I guess, because they all look the same, but I really do like that sort of like organic tech vibe. Like, cause they've got like, me too. Like they're obviously mechanical, but they've got like all these like curved lines and stuff instead of like hard angles. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, I agree. And then they, because of that, they kind of blend in with the environment too. Like you'll be walking mm-hmm. around and then you're suddenly you hear the lasers on you and you're like, oh no, like a guardian. Yeah. And like when you first activate the first tower on the plateau, like it's like not totally clear at first that it's like a buried tower. It just sort of looks like mm-hmm. a like pedestal in a random cave or whatever mm-hmm. it kind of looks like a gazebo you know <laughs> yeah yeah other than the glow they don't really stand out in the environment which is kind of cool mm-hmm. it definitely has like an ancient vibe somehow because of that yeah yeah i'm impressed with how like how they make them stand out like with the glowing and everything like like it's really easy to find those from like a very long distance away and it's really good mm-hmm. at doing the whole, like, drawing your attention and being like, oh, let me wander over here for a bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And some of them are hidden, but usually you can still get a view, like, maybe you're flying over it, or maybe, like, it's mm-hmm. hidden, or, you know, you turn on your, yeah. sheet, like, the shine radar, <laughs> the shrine yeah. finder. Yeah, I um, really like the, um, the, like, pin thing where you can, like, put a marker on things. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because um, yeah. it's really good where, like, you'll see something from, like, you'll see, I... I was always, like, seeing a shrine from, like, a really far way away, and i just mark it for later and then be like, oh, now I'm closer mm-hmm. to that. I'll... <laughs> now I know how to, try get, to get there. there. So, yeah. mm-hmm. I do, like, I basically, like, seeing that comment about wanting to make sure that things stand out in a really immersive um, kind of visual environment, I think they did a really good job of that. I think they executed on that mm-hmm. desire, basically, mm-hmm. through through the visuals, which makes a lot of sense to me. Mm-hmm. I think the the menus and like the heads up display are easy to use too. There's we didn't talk about that specifically, but like some of the oh, yeah. interface is also. I think we also talked about how it was improved in Tears of the Kingdom. But first playing this game, it's like it's cool. You can see like the temperature, so you can see if like you're you know it's too hot or like you need different equipment or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can see in here the shrine, like the Sheikah sensor. Um, mm-hmm. And you have access to like your quests. You can change like pinpoints for quests quests so there's also a lot of like flexibility because it's an open world so like they kind of like added all those like quality of life things to support that because mm-hmm. like in in previous games like there's markers for where you need to go i think but it's not like you can change it right because it's like so yeah. linear for the most part mm-hmm. if there is a marker at all like i don't think there were any in like you know um <laughs> like ocarina of time or whatever <laughs> but mm-hmm. like i'm thinking like in skyward sword i think it normally shows you like the point where you're supposed to go to get to the next temple and then mm-hmm. the map is maybe not clear or like you don't get access to the map until you get it until you find a pedestal thing like the bird pedestal thing mm-hmm. whatever they're called um mm-hmm. and stuff like that oh yeah and you can see your your you know like your um stamina running down and things also like um the thing and then all the effects i don't think you talked about it but there's like visual effects when you're using the shika sensor too 
I mean, a Sheikah sensor, um, like your Sheikah runes, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, when you have Magnesis on, everything kind of goes pink, and then, like, things yeah. that are that are affected by it are highlighted, so you also have mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm. Stasis is, like, kind of yellow. And then yeah. your bombs have this, like, glowing appearance, like, kind of smoky, glowing appearance. So they kind of, like, they stand out as being, like, not, like, part of that tech and, like, not part of the environment, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you contrast that to other items later, like, in Tears of the Kingdom, like, it kind of makes sense that they have that aesthetic also. In addition to the 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 Sheikah glowing aesthetic, you also have this like Ganon Malice aesthetic, which is like mm-hmm. that pink and black, like hot pink glowing goop that's everywhere, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of times it's like attackable, like not directly, like you can't just walk up to it and it'll hurt you. But like if you attack like an eyeball that's sticking out of it or something, then you can you can attack it. And then that mm. um, aesthetic is carried through all the way to the end to like the final Beast Ganon fight. There's like a lot of hot pink glowing <laughs> stuff in that <laughs> fight, <laughs> which is pretty cool and fun. And I think it's a cool aesthetic. It definitely looks ominous. Yeah. You can see it all the time in the background while you're playing, while you're like eat- cooking your apples or whatever, and you're <laughs> out in the woods and you're like, ah, oh, he's still there. It's still there, you know? <laughs> yeah, I like how. Um... Like, this is obviously, like, not a, like, super, super techie game, because it's on the Switch. But, like, mm-hmm. you can see, like, very far, like... Uh-huh. Like, yeah. the... It's actually broad- for Wii U, just for the record. Yeah. It was yeah. it was made up yeah, for the yeah, Wii yeah. U and ported. So that mm-hmm. also explains a lot about, like, how they were able to, I think, expand into the Kingdom. But, yeah, it's a Wii U game, technically. Mm-hmm. And then it was port- ported to the Switch, so that's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which isn't really impressive considering, like, the Wii U is, like, it was good, like, at the time, but it wasn't, like, that great. Um, mm-hmm. And, yeah, so you can see really far. You can see really far in pretty good detail because you mm-hmm. can use your, like, zoom stick and yeah. you can zoom really far and see. Yeah. And things like, load really, really far away. Yeah, like, I really noticed it on, a, like, a recent playthrough when I was, like, approaching the, like, Gerudo Desert area and I was up on the, fun, I don't know if it was the tower, but some kind of high point it, like pretty far away mm-hmm. at the desert entrance and like you can see like von stomping around in the sandstorm yeah. mm-hmm. and like you can mm-hmm. see the gerudo town off in the distance and just yeah. all sorts yep. of stuff like that and then like you can always see like hyrule castle doing its thing <laughs> <laughs> being ominous <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah you can see the volcano you can see death mountain from everywhere for the most part yeah i think also like in addition to that, the landscapes in general are all really interesting. I think I talked about this a little bit earlier as well, but like they're so oh, you can different. See, uh, you can see Vaughn mm-hmm. that flying around from like almost everywhere. Oh yeah, you can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can. And then once they're all once they're done their divine beast thing, also you can see them perched in their spot indefinitely yeah, yeah, yeah. with their little laser beam pointed at the castle like forever yeah. for the rest of the game, which is mm-hmm. also really cool. And like everywhere you are, you can see them, which is nice. At least everywhere there in view. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of like really good like permanent change that's left in this game. Like when you go from place to place, like because you can return and stuff. There's like things that just like stay the same once you're done. Like the like the divine beasts are a really good example. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That reminds me, we didn't really talk about the blood moon as a mechanic. Yeah, <laughs> I, I forgot about, about that. that. Yeah. <laughs> I had the Blood Moon on my list of music that I downloaded. I totally forgot. But yeah, mm-hmm. the Blood Moon's a thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like it. It's just like, like, it's a way to keep the game from crashing, but they make it into like a game mechanic. So I think it's really cool. Yeah. Uh, and it's also a way to like force respawn. 
things. So mm-hmm. like, yeah, you you can you can clear an area of monsters, but it won't stay like that forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and it also won't come back right away. You know, it's not like, yeah. oh, I did yeah. this spot. Oh, wait, hold on, did I forget something over there? Oh, they're back. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, unless you killed them on the night of a blood moon, in which case, mm-hmm. yeah, which just happens frequently. You do one of the things where you accidentally trigger one randomly in like the middle of the day because it, yeah, the game's trying to save itself from crashing. <laughs> <laughs> it happened to me once when I was trying to. Um, it's like that path where you bring the blue flame to the tech lab. Over in yeah, Nutano. Yeah, um, Arakala, yeah. Yeah, because there's like this path of monsters there, and I've been like sneaking uh-huh. and like trying to get rid of a lot of the monsters before I brought the flame down. And then like I triggered uh-huh. one of those like random blood moods, and I was like, Are you fucking kidding me? It's like six o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> How does it, um, does it just like restart? Does it just save the game because it's like to clear the autosave or like how does it keep the game from like crashing? the memory? Yeah, there's probably okay. too much memory keeping too much track of which enemies the... are dead. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Stuff yeah. in the memory and like it, it'll have like a kind of an emergency blood moon if you like get too close to <laughs> like triggering to like breaking the game. I guess that's really funny. <laughs> emergency blood. It's the moon. only time I'd ever triggered it, so I was not expecting that at all. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty funny. I didn't know that, that could happen, but mm-hmm. I like that. It is cool. It's like. I also think Nintendo is generally really good at stuff like that, like preloading whatever it thinks that it needs to. And like, you know, like I'm sure that those, like the stuff that we're seeing from far away is loaded, you know, in like a minimal way or whatever. So that it doesn't like, I think they've always done a good job of working with, with game constraints in a way that doesn't make it so obvious to the player. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I always joke about how I hate fucking PlayStation games, but whatever. But they do this where it'll just be like, walk into an area and the game has to load, like, for hours and stuff like that. And definitely in some ways, I think Breath of the Wild in particular is a little janky in some places because of this. However, I think for the most part, Nintendo does a really good job making, making, like, making the game, working around constraints and making constraints into something that is like interactive and not noticeable anymore or like yeah a mechanic or whatever mm-hmm. so it's kind of interesting yeah i feel like even the place where the like performance does suffer it's like never in a place where it really affects gameplay no the one place for me that it always lags is um the court like um the lost woods like the part with the deku tree mm-hmm. <laughs> he just really yeah, really struggles like- there <laughs> Yeah, and it's funny, like, I've seen people talk about that, and it's like, I just don't notice, like, lag and frame drops unless they really affect my gameplay experience, so, like, I'm sure Mm -hmm. I noticed at the time that it was laggy, but, like, people were like, oh, yeah, it always lagged in Korok Forest, I'm like, did it? (laughs) It's like, you know, It doesn't matter, though, because you're just walking around. (laughs) There's nothing to do with your reflexes or timing in Korok Forest, so... The the like only whatever. I mean like you can go you can go trigger side quests and then you can get the sword and the sword has like a different like cutscene that loads kind of thing mm-hmm. not cutscene but like a specific angle that loads so I think it's all like yeah. it has its own little sub process or something so it's not as affected by that but yeah yeah it's just we rendering a lot of light and trees and stuff and that yeah. I guess that is hard <laughs> for the console yeah, it is a very beautiful area <laughs> it is I enjoy it but lighting it the but I think people say like. Oh, it drops frames during fights and blah, blah, blah. And I've literally never noticed that. So I don't, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I, I played on the Wii U version because I didn't oh, get that much, might be much hard. later. 
So yeah, I think yeah. definitely on the Wii U that had a harder time with the performance, but mm-hmm. yeah, I can imagine it was straining the Wii U's everywhere. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but on the Switch, it was, I don't know. There's most most places are not problematic. So yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, I don't. know. I think I was saying stuff about landscapes, but like they're they're all very different. There's a lot of like different cool places and like things that you can go and see. And I just enjoyed like running around. Like oh, here's like a field or here's a forest, but this one's like tropical. Or like mm-hmm. um, the desert is really different. Or like there's like the mountains by Kakariko that are like they remind me of those famous mountains in like I think it's in like China. Can't remember. Mm-hmm. Jane yeah, would know. know. <laughs> yeah, but they're fun and like there's a lot of different interesting environments. And then you have like the nighttime and weather to kind of like change up what things look like, and it's, it's really nice. Yeah, it's like most of the time you could look at a screen cap of the game and like know roughly where on the map it came yeah. from. Mm-hmm. Very distinctive. Yes, in areas. fact, you have to do that. <laughs> it's a yeah, yeah, memory, yeah. memory yeah. mechanic. <laughs> I thought that overall, I thought the visuals are really cool. Oh, I guess one other thing that's kind of important in the visuals, which I guess relates to like costumes and stuff, is Link's not wearing green this game by yeah. default. Yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like the little champion blue. I think it's cute. I think it's cute that they mm-hmm. all have their little matching like little scarves and sashes yeah. and they were trying to they were trying so hard to prepare, but they just weren't ready, you know? Yeah. They all banded yeah, together. I didn't even notice it the time that like they all have uh like a little symbol yeah. of their divine beast on their thing and Link has like the master sword all around the collar. Mm-hmm. On his shirt. Yeah. yeah. I like the new light blue uh royal color aesthetic in this mm-hmm. game. Zelda's also her like outfit in a lot of the cutscenes other than the one that she's wearing to go to the the springs or whatever at the end, but yeah. she also has like a like kind of light like a blue outfit and so does the mm-hmm. king. So, yeah. I like yeah. this take. They were trying to like build morale by being a like united <laughs> team mm-hmm. there. <laughs> yeah, their morale's not very high in some of those <laughs> cutscenes. So, <laughs> they're like are you sure this is gonna work and they're all like yeah 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 Mm -hmm. totally anyway i enjoy the change although you can get some uh outfits that are similar to like link's uh classic green outfit and there's like dark link outfit Mm -hmm. and a bunch a whole bunch of other ones but i think most of i guess most of them were probably dlc but Mm -hmm. um, yeah a lot of the game outfits were were dlc DLC, yeah like the, like the crawfish shirt from Wind Waker and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. Tingles Although outfit. <laughs> Tingles outfit. The best DLC is uh, the Korok mask, which lets you find here Koroks. Yes. It jingles when Koroks yeah. are nearby. <laughs> oh yeah, and I guess like it's important to say the Korok aesthetic is specifically similar to the uh, the forest children from like the Deku forest children from Wind Waker. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this game also has like a lot of good references to Wind Waker, which I'm sure me and Kayla both appreciate yeah. specifically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think overall it's just like really good aesthetic and music package in this game. Yeah. With all the gameplay and everything else, which is also great and the story. Basically it's a great game. Absolutely agree. But mm-hmm. it sucks compared to Tears of the Kingdom. I mean what? <laughs> <laughs> it's like spoilers for Alan's final ranking. <laughs> yeah. Isn't it obvious? <laughs> but it's also like the same as saying like Majora's Mask is like quote unquote better than Ocarina of Time. It's like you can't have had Tears of the Kingdom without Breath of the Wild. So, yeah. You know? Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, it's like Tears of the Kingdom is so great because Breath of the Wild is great. Exists and was good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can say that about all games. So, I mean, Breath of the Wild exists because Ocarina of Time existed. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, and yeah, it was like I mean, a top selling game. 
and also like just the references and stuff like the series at this point the series is very mature and so there's all these like built on references like you can really mm -hmm. uh ping people's nostalgia when you call things like lineback island or whatever yes that's like, <laughs> overall i think a really effective game and a really great entry into the series that really like I don't know. I definitely feel like it's like a fresh take, but it has all the good things that make Zelda good, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think we talked about this with, with um Link Between Worlds, how they kind of started with that like freedom to play how you want, um, you know, mm -hmm. approach it differently. Um we're not gonna require that you do things a specific way. We're gonna leave it sort of like if you wanna do something a little more complicated with more items, you can, but you can also do everything with just this one item, you know? Um, mm -hmm. I think that this is a good next step to that. Yeah. It's like, it's an evolution and a throwback because it's, you know, it's deliberately mm -hmm. very reminiscent of the original game where it's like, you're just kind of thrown into a big world and you can go in whatever direction you want and mm -hmm. figure things out. Yeah. yeah. That's true. I mean, the first game was like that. It was like you had to explore. There's like no instructions. There's no, mm -hmm. yeah. there's no, there's no like pin. It's an old man telling no... you, it's alone. Take this. <laughs> yes. Take <laughs> this rest of the world. <laughs> <laughs> I like that Zelda is like Link Wake Up. That's also like in a lot of, a lot of games. Yeah. Oh, it's like the first part of a lot of games. Yeah. Asleep. Yeah. Link's yeah. 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 a, a sleepy boy. Yeah. <laughs> um, considering he doesn't get any rest once the game starts, that's fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> In this case, he was recovering from almost death, so yeah, you know, I guess that's allowable. <laughs> yeah, he only gets to sleep by curled up by a little campfire, you know. <laughs> I think that um, that memory cutscene really sells how close to dying he was too. Like he's like, mm -hmm. He's like barely like supporting himself while like leaning on the sword and but he still like flings himself back to his feet to try and defend Zelda one last time. Like, mm -hmm. like he looks but then, <laughs> but then she's protecting him and so she can mm -hmm. use her power, which is like what Mifa was gonna say in the one mm -hmm. cutscene. Yeah. <laughs> Again, I'm not crying, you're crying. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a good moment in there too, because she like throws herself in front of him and like throws her hand up and gets her power. Mm -hmm. It's good. <laughs> <laughs> it is good. <laughs> I think their relationship in this game is good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I appreciate the way that it it is also referenced in Breath in uh, Tears of the Kingdom. Yeah, so. mm -hmm. and definitely we'll discuss uh, one of the strongest uh, versions of both Link and Zelda separately, <gasps> and like as of their relationship. Yeah. I really appreciate this Zelda. I was talking to one of my coworkers who has young daughters and they were like, well, you can play Zelda, right? And he was like, ah, <laughs> like, <laughs> no, not really. But I think that this version of Zelda is a really good character. Yeah. I feel like a good characterization for her. Like she's not just silent. She's not just waiting. We see her struggle and we see her growth. And in mm -hmm. the end, she's still the one who actually final seal finally seals Ganon away, even though like you, you, do like you do the first part of the fight and stuff and she supplies you with the light arrows which she often does in other games and she's like involved in the final fight but mm -hmm. um, yeah, she's a very prominent character even though she's like yeah you know not technically there for most of it just, just, just absent like, yeah but like just like, <laughs> the use of the memories and like her you mm -hmm. know constant presence as that like you know since you can see the 
the fight pretty much going on between her and Ganon the entire time mm-hmm. in the background in the castle. Definitely not feeling guilty about that while I'm like roasting yeah. apples and <laughs> catching horses. Yeah. She's like, I've been watching you all this time. I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> like, yeah. You're watching when I when I fell to my death and Mifa saved me like multiple times <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> Finding like, all these all the way down a mountain and like Mifa saved you and then two fairies <laughs> save you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm okay. <laughs> But speaking always... of fairies, we didn't we didn't talk about that the fairy fountains, but those exist in this yeah. game too, and you can upgrade yeah. all your crap. You did talk about upgrading your armor, but not specifically yeah. how. Yeah. yeah, they're kind of similar to like the Ocarina of Time fairies with their, uh, you know, you their whole ish. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I do think the progression of that animation is really funny. Uh, it is. Yeah. Further, get further along the. the yes. <laughs> Like first they just like blow a kiss at you and then they like like kiss their finger and tap you and like, yeah and then like the last and they're one, they, like, fully pulling you in yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah exactly they're like oh dear I remember I remember being like okay these are progressively getting worse what's gonna happen please tell me what's <laughs> what's next and I was not disappointed it fit um, <laughs> I was I was definitely shook. You gotta get, you gotta make sacrifices to get your armor yeah. upgraded. You know this is why yeah. Link is silent. Yeah, it's like Link looks increasingly <laughs> alarmed, but not like traumatized. So <laughs> 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 it's okay. <laughs> one major gameplay mechanic that we skipped. One of the most frustrating and entertaining at the same time is rolling down. Like you get hit and you start like rolling down a hill, <laughs> taking damage progressively. Like okay, it's gonna stop. I'm not gonna, and you fall down. Like the cliff, and like, oh, I survived that. Great, and you start rolling again. Like, no, (laughs) you're both so powerless, and you just you're sitting there in suspense. Like, what's gonna happen? Yeah, there's some there's some distance on the ragdolling in this game. Yeah, yeah. There's some really good like funny physics that comes out of this like Mm -hmm. engine. Like, obviously, like you mentioned, people use it for speed running, but it's also just really funny what happens sometimes. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. As There's the, a lot like, of like unexpected things that happen. Fades in over Link's <laughs> broken body, <laughs> flopped on the ground. <laughs> At least it's not like Ganon comes back or whatever when you die. Yeah. 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 Like Return of Ganon or whatever it's. Like. Yeah, yeah. Just a little bit less pressure in this game. Yeah. Uh, do you want to talk about ranking? Sure. I volunteer myself first because I have a correction that I'd like to make or a change that I'd like to make, which is that I want to move Skyward Sword because I've been thinking about it ever since. (laughs) (laughs) And so my rank before was like Wind Waker, Twilight Princess, Majora's Mask, Ocarina of Time. And I had Skyward Sword above Majora's Mask and Ocarina of Time. But I decided that I prefer Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask more than I have. Lowered Skyward Sword to below Ocarina of Time. So not that low, but just below Ocarina of Time. Because, I don't know. Ocarina of Time is so Ocarina of Time. How do you... Yes. How do you? It's the most Ocarina of Time. <laughs> how do you compete with <laughs> Ocarina yeah. of Time unless you're Breath of the Wild? Or Wind Waker? Mm-hmm. Or Majora's Mask, in my yeah. opinion. <laughs> or Twilight Princess, which I still think is, my opinion, is it's the best version of Ocarina of Time. Because it's like, yeah. <laughs> Ocarina of Time, but better. <laughs> yeah. Skyward Sword is good. I just... And I really like the music. I think the reason why I rated it so high the first time is because I really, really, I thought the music was really great. Mm-hmm. Yes. But I just, the way you're so locked in to the order in which you have to do things, 
mm-hmm. makes it a little bit less fun than even Ocarina of Time. And Ocarina of Time is like you can go wherever you want. Like it is still an open world game, even though you have to get items to go to certain pl- to reach certain places. Like you can still explore, and I think like that freedom is something that makes the Zelda series fun. And mm-hmm. I definitely think that was like one of the downsides of Skyward Sword. Although I thought all the locations and stuff were cool, and I also think that the sh- the temples like. They were all distinct and they all had their own mechanics, but I I like the temples better in Ocarina of Time. I think like they're also their music and like styling is more like, I don't know. It's like really intense. It's like we talk about how Breath of the Wild is really like parts of it are very subtle and in like kind of uh, environmental. And it's meant to be that way because you spend a lot of time in the environment and, you know, it's meant to be like an immersive world. And Ocarina of Time is like you have all these like very distinct environments and Skyward Sword has that too, but I don't know. Although Skyward Sword also has like the um, <laughs> whatever it's called, the spirit realm or whatever the fuck. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is interesting but horrifying. So mm. I don't know. I don't know. I changed my mind. Is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Um, and then where I rank Breath of the Wild is obviously at the top. Before we, before when we started this, I said Breath of the Wild is my favorite Zelda game, and to to date in our podcast at least. I think Breath of the Wild is, I mean, it's like a whole other level of video game in general compared to all these other games that we played, including Skyward mm-hmm. Sword. But I think it also has, you, Kaylee, you talked about how Wind Waker has like kind of the complete aesthetic package. It has like the music and the visuals and like a visual styling that's really like their own complete and, and interesting and all the place spaces are different and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I think that Breath of the Wild also has a similar complete package of like, gameplay and freedom to explore and like enough enough things to keep you interested and like um you know things to track down and follow and the music is really good and the environment is really good and fun so that's my opinion about that uh yeah i'll I'll go next i guess uh yeah also my favorite one it's just so better than majora's mask (laughs) yes i think definitely objectively um, and like, <laughs> but would you rank it above Majora's Mask? I think so. Like, there's, uh, yes. Um, I like Majora's Mask for some of its like weirdness and yeah. Uh, the some of the unique gameplays of the masks themselves. It's creative, and I think uh, in in a mm-hmm. way, like it's it the the three day system is innovative. Mm-hmm. It's a a very different experience than what you typically expect. Um, and Breath of the Wild reinvented that, you know, the 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 Zelda series in a similar way, but a way that looks like it's going to last, you know, rather than mm. Majora's Mask's mechanics being more of a less a one off. Um, mm. You know. Yeah, I understand. I agree with that. Um, but I mean, there's just there's so much about it. Like it's it, you're it's so free. It's so big. There's so much. I mean, I don't know. Um, It works very well. There's Mm -hmm. there's so much to do where not playing the game is fun. Like you know, not not Mm -hmm. not trying to progress the story, Mm -hmm. not trying to do like all like just exploring and like doing all the little things is fun. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know. It's great, fantastic. Mm -hmm. That's why I I played it for so many hundreds of hours. (laughs) Like. You don't have to do the main story to have fun and you can, there's things that are, you know, like the different players value differently and you can do whatever you want, basically. Mm-hmm. 
like my sister was like i don't think i'll ever finish just the kingdom but then she was like i never finished breath of the wild so it doesn't really matter but then she has like a million koroks already mm-hmm. so yeah. <laughs> like you know people just like it gives people the space to do different things which is what a great like game yeah. should do really mm-hmm. like games are experimental environments so mm-hmm. you should be able to experiment yeah so this i was gonna i knew from the beginning i was gonna struggle on this one <laughs> um, where to put it, but I think Tears of the Kingdom helped kind of clarify things and sort of let me give myself permission to make this call. I'm going to put Breath of the Wild as number two under Wind <gasps> Waker. That's okay. It's acceptable. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, because Tears of the Kingdom is better. Yes. Well, it's Tears <laughs> of the Kingdom is number one. <laughs> but yeah, I think it's just like, I think Tears of the Kingdom helped clarify the things that I didn't enjoy about Breath of the Wild, which isn't much. Mm, yeah. But um, like, it was so good that. Like it made Breath of the Wild seem a little like less good in comparison compared to when it was like the newest, like mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. coolest thing. I agree and, with um, you. Yeah, and there's a lot of nostalgia in the choice for Wind Waker, but God, it's just it's the one that like the second I hear like the first opening notes of like the theme mm-hmm. of Wind Waker, I'm just like God, Wind Waker is so good. Like, yeah, it just like hits me in that way still every time. I think vibes like vibes wise, uh, Wind Waker and Breath of the Wild are actually really similar for me. Like, yeah, I think mm-hmm. they they really capture the like sense of exploration and discovery that I think is really important to the Zelda games. Like, yeah, kind of the best out of the series of what we've seen so far. Like, like I think, uh, and I think like sailing on this the Great Sea makes me feel a little bit more like, yeah, I'm on an adventure <laughs> than <laughs> than running around in Breath of the Wild does. So. <laughs> But, like, they're both the ones, like, I mean, they both have, like, the option to fill out your map, and they, I both filled, mm-hmm. I filled both of them out completely. Like, I just enjoyed yeah. doing that. Mm-hmm. Like, with Wind Waker, I set aside a whole day just sailing around, finding fish people and filling out my map. <laughs> uh-huh. And, like, I do similar things in, like, Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom, where I'm like, all right, today I'm going to find all the towers. And Yeah. yeah. But, yes, it's, like, yeah, both truly excellent games, and, like, they're so different, it's almost hard to, in a lot of ways, it's almost hard to compare, like, Breath of the Wild to previous Zelda games. They're, they're incomparable. But, yeah. Like, really. So I'm going to give my my affection for Wind Waker the nod here. <laughs> this is reasonable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's reasonable. I think I think you're right that there are a lot of similarities in what makes both the games good. Mm-hmm. I think you just have a different... You have different... They're wrapped in... Those like good things are wrapped in different aesthetics. Mm-hmm. And there definitely are things about Breath of the Wild that are like not ideal. And I thought I didn't... I was like, I really hope Tears of the Kingdom is good, but I think in retrospect, when I when I play Tears of the Kingdom, I'm like, this game is so good, everything is so great, and then when I was like, because we were, we were preparing for this podcast at the same time since Tears of the Kingdom has been out, just in case people yeah. are listening to this in the future and don't understand, but it was, mm-hmm. I would be like, playing Tears of the Kingdom, like, this is great, this is great, and I'd be like, I gotta, I should probably play some more Breath of the Wild, and then I'd be like, fuck yeah. that, that game sucks, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. it doesn't, it's a wonderful game, it's an amazing game. Mm-hmm that it's a top-selling game there's a reason that it sold over 30 million copies like and it's because it's a great game and it's because the the it's diverting like it, you can you can you, you can also sort of like control what you're going to do like there were a lot of times when we were preparing for this podcast where i would get to a place and then i would be like i'm so tired today i don't want to like go fight this boss which is the thing that i have to do right now but like because mm-hmm. you can warp you can just leave like you can leave a mm-hmm. divine beast if you don't want to be there like you don't you don't have you can you have a lot of control over the situation and i think that that is what really brings it over the top for me is like as a player i can really control 
not just the experience of the game or like my playthrough or my experience, but like my experience day to day. And that gives it a little bit of edge over like Breath of, uh, even Wind Waker. Although yeah. Wind Waker never, I never feel bad about playing Wind Waker because it's so charming, mm-hmm. basically. Yeah. It doesn't feel yeah. hard. The nice thing about Wind Waker was that it was at least like a play level, like for me as a being a shitty video game player in general. <laughs> it was like, I never feel uncomfortable playing this game. Like I have the option of these like mechanics, like the, the parry mechanics and things that like make it make it fun and dynamic but not hard and so like for me that game has a skill level that makes it fun no matter what and i think breath of the wild is like similar in that their things are hard but you can just like peace out like you don't mm-hmm. have to fight a lionel you don't yeah. you can climb you can climb away from everything like you yeah. can like i never go every time it's like oh follow this road to this place i literally never do it because there's like stuff on the road and i don't want to interact with the enemies <laughs> like i'll climb up a mountain I rather than go on a road if I have to because I prefer that and you can and that's the best thing that's what makes Breath of the Wild a great game I think mm-hmm. but yeah I agree it's a tough, tough choice between Breath of the Wild and Wind Waker for sure yeah mm-hmm. so I enjoyed it even though I'm joking about it being a shitty game it's like it's not it's really not it's, it's a yeah, really it's great a, game yeah it's a fantastic game I mean it it got a lot of acclaim and there's a reason for it like uh-huh. Yeah. Like it, it was like the system seller for the Switch, basically. It was a release title for Switch, too. I didn't mm-hmm. mention that. But it came out with the Switch, which was a really good choice on Nintendo's part. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, like, I remember. It was it was the system seller for me because I I was going to wait till there was some kind of sale or something. But then I visited you, your house, Alan, and you had, <laughs> had Breath of the Wild. Oh, yeah, and yeah, I played, yeah. We had it, yeah, we had it right away. Three days straight when I was visiting you. And yeah. <laughs> not actually, mm-hmm. you know paying any attention to the people I was visiting. <laughs> <laughs> and then I like went home and bought a Switch in Breath of the Wild within like a week. So. I played a lot of this game, but I'm going to say that I played the majority. The majority of the hours came during like 2020, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> because it was before before I had Animal Crossing and probably even before Animal Crossing came out, it was like, like I said, it was a game that I was like, oh, I'm just going to go explore. Like it was like a really nice escape that was relaxing in a time when everyday life was just very challenging so like mm-hmm. and stressful and unknown but like you when you're in a you know like you can go to this environment that you can control and like and and inhabit and it's still like fascinating and there's stuff that you haven't seen and things to explore and i think that that for me was like also part of what makes it a fun game it had this like longevity that and and control ability that made it really valuable so mm-hmm. i think Chris Kim was going to have that too Especially yeah. with the amount of content <laughs> compared to Breath of the Wild. Mm-hmm. Gonna be playing that game for a long time. Yep. Like a long, long time. Long after we finish the recording, long after this podcast stops, mm-hmm. we'll be playing mm-hmm. Tears of the Kingdom, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. yeah. Although I really want to play Ocarina of Time. I've been really craving playing Ocarina of Time, which is new mm-hmm. for me mm-hmm. recently. I'm just like, that would be fun. It's a good game. It's good games in the series. Yeah, <laughs> it's really hard to compete with yourself, mm-hmm. you know, when yep, you're yep, when yep. you're so great. And it's hard to yeah. it's hard to really say like which any of these are are good or bad or whatever. But yeah, yeah. And I look at like you know our little like personal list and like with mine, it's like, like man, imagine the the quality of a series where like Link to the Past is number thirteen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I know. On my like personal best list and like period of times only number five, like. Mm-hmm. I know. <laughs> it's a great series. Right? Yeah. Well, the good thing is that Breath of the Wild sold so many units that we can keep having them, probably. <laughs> so that's oh, yeah. good. Yeah. <laughs> and I think Tears of the Kingdom is going to be a, a blowout also, but oh, I think I'm... the numbers mm-hmm. just haven't been announced yet. That, like, 10 million yeah. was only the first few days, and, like, who knows? 
Because all the other numbers are from like lifetime sales as of the time of that article, right? So Mm -hmm. Breath of the Wild also didn't sell like, I do remember at the time Breath of the Wild came out, it's not like it sold as many, but also it sold, I remember seeing a stat that there were more Breath of the Wild games sold than Switches sold, Mm -hmm. like at the release time. So people could yeah. get the game, but they couldn't get a console, and they were buying the oh, game. Are you talking about console. just Switch? Because yes. Breath of the Wild came for both. So Breath of the Wild for yeah, but I think Switch, it was... people bought without. Yeah, I think it was hard That's to what get I a heard. for a little while. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it usually is when they have new consoles. If yeah. you don't yeah, 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 order yeah. it, mm-hmm. I was surprised it was easy to get a copy of Tears of the Kingdom. To be honest, mm-hmm. I didn't reserve it until like maybe a week yeah. before or something. Yeah. And it was okay, yeah, but yeah, I think they I were, thought it was going to be worrying. The hype was pretty intense for Tears of the Kingdom, so I think they were prepared for. Yeah. And when I went to the GameStop, they just had a stack sitting on the counter, like waiting for people to come get them. So yeah. people were excited. Mm-hmm. They did say that they, the store actually called me, which was really interesting because they, they were like, we're going to have a launch event hmm. like at night. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, it's okay, cool. I'm going to pick it up the next day. And they were like, oh, if you, if you want a, an amiibo, you should really come at night because we don't have that many. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I think a lot of people who wanted those um, were the ones picking it yeah. up early. So. Anyway, but yeah, it seems like there's plus they sell digital copies now too. Like yeah. you don't even have to wait in line for physical copy anyway. So I'm sure yeah. that also helps sell a lot of video games, mm-hmm. just in general. Oh, I hope they make a tool in Amiibo. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Maybe they will. That'd be really nice. I really want a Guardian Amiibo, but they don't make. They haven't made like new ones. Mm-hmm. But I just think it's funny and charming. When Guardians aren't attacking you, I think they're kind of funny looking yeah. and like kind of you know yeah, they, they have, have their own appealing, little charm, feeling design, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> when there's when the laser isn't pointed at you, it's all good. <laughs> yeah, everything in this game is appealing. Like there's lots of things I mm-hmm. want to look at if they weren't trying to kill me. Like you know. <laughs> or like look at the guardian from far away and I'm like look at it walk yeah. around with its little legs. Look at it go. <laughs> and then the laser the laser's on you and you're like, get away from me. <laughs> Just the helicopter ones we didn't even talk about, which oh, are yeah. even way worse. Yeah, yeah. And I like the little tiny ones too, they're fun. They'll like mm-hmm. slice right through you if you don't have a lot of hearts, but they're yeah. they're also charming in their own way. <laughs> so, uh, speaking of just like how things are kind of cute and to look at, <laughs> I was recommended uh-huh. a video on YouTube recently called like oh god, it was like a documentary called like the life of a bokoblin. Is that what it was? <laughs> oh yeah, I've seen I think that. the. It was like, yeah, by Monster Maze something. I think that's yeah, the channel name. That's a good channel. I watch a lot of their Zelda Yeah. Um, and so like, they, they have <laughs> a, a lot of different... <laughs> yeah, they have um, a, a bunch of different, like, screens of, like, just the monsters interacting. Um, <laughs> and, like, a lot of little things that, like, you don't really notice. Like, uh, there's ones where it looks like the like when the, there's a bunch of red ones and a blue one and it looks like the blue one is like telling a story or something that around a campfire and that <laughs> one is like moving around like it's gesticulating and its mouth is moving and just like stuff like That's that true. where um just a, a lot of things that you would miss or not really get a chance to see because you're like oh enemies i gotta be ready for those you know and... mm-hmm. but also if you encounter them from far away too like they sleep and mm-hmm. they like they have their own little lives, like yeah. they're, they're very funny. Mm-hmm. All yeah. the all the all the enemies, but yeah. when the little groups of vocal blends are around and they like cheer and stuff, like mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I like those the Lizalfos and their little like twitchy lizardy movements. And... Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I hate how fast they are when they're coming toward me, but I like how they like yeah 
lick and they they kind of like blend with the environment mm-hmm. you know yeah like yeah like there's those silly little like uh like monster hoods you can buy from his face <laughs> to like blend in with enemies and Kelton or it's, yeah. yeah yeah it's really funny because Link will like imitate their like body language and stuff so like if you're wearing mm-hmm. the like the Lizalfus one he'll do little head tilts and stuff yeah oh I had one of those in my game before I restarted it now I'm gonna have to get it again I also found out about that like way too late in the game I was like I know I have a million hearts it doesn't matter if I fight something but this would have been useful like a long time ago yeah Anyway, it was a good game. Do you have any other things that we want to say, or is it time to sign off? No. I mean, great game. <laughs> I enjoyed it. Uh, time to play Tears of the Kingdom, right? Yeah, time to play Tears of the Kingdom. Continue so, playing Tears of the Kingdom. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you need, to, you need to wrap up in a couple of weeks because the next episode comes out August 1st. So, <laughs> mm-hmm, yeah, August 1st. Join us for Tears of the Kingdom. I hope everyone is enjoying playing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm enjoying playing it. Like no. I said, mm-hmm. screw I'm playing Breath it of the right Wild. now. So <laughs> I've been really. playing it this whole be. time. I yeah. Been. <laughs> yeah, I have. I have things to do. Like I have portable. a lot of things to do. <laughs> it is. It is. <laughs> um, what was my sign off that I wrote this time? That was a quote from the game. Courage need not be remembered, for it's never forgotten. That was my sign off mm-hmm. this time. So yeah, do that. Don't don't forget to be courageous or whatever. <laughs> that was a good touch the Triforce with a wish in your heart. It yeah. was good. I I made it funny, but I thought it was cute. I thought mm-hmm. it was good in the in the cutscene. <laughs> yeah. The other one I wrote is "There's always the chance the next moment will change everything." So <laughs> that's some. Urbosa says that I think too. Zelda yeah. when she's struggling. Oh, oh yes, yes. that's cute. They're like, well, you can go other places. You can try other things. Like they're trying to encourage her, and she's all like mm-hmm. upset. So yeah. yeah. Anyway, I liked it. <laughs> anyway join us <laughs> for tears of the kingdom mm-hmm. get fun exploding koroks in the meantime and <laughs> we'll see you yeah. then <laughs> bye bye, bye. Today we're talking about breath of the wild yeah Yay. finally <laughs> <laughs> finally big, it's only been one we started this i don't remember when the first episode came out but we started recording more than a year ago mm-hmm. for sure <laughs> been a lot of zelda yeah and i'm pretty sure by the time by the time this comes out our first episode will come come out by a year i think right what episode is this Hang on, i can fact mm. just fact check <laughs> dirt 14. 14 14 so yeah and we've been releasing one every month so it's been a year oh you're and... so smart right <laughs> i you. know oh my goodness <laughs> The trailer came out in May. Yeah, the first episode came out June 1st, 2022. It's like, apparently my um, Zelda One Notes uh, document was created at, in February 28th, 2021. We recorded the first one, I think, in, like, April. Sounds, yeah, that sounds right. That's fun. Yeah. Actually, we started started kind of diddling around with Zelda One a long time before we actually sat down to record mm-hmm. stuff. So that one was a long... That's why that one was has, like, a 2021 date on mine. Yeah. Yeah, I think I played Zelda One over the summer before we recorded so almost a year before um because first... we we were still recording full metal alchemist until like september i'm pretty sure the last episode came out in september of whatever year that was 2021 i think 2021 and then september we were like first of october something like that or october could have been 
it was fall. And then we were like, yeah, in January we'll start Zelda. And then we didn't. Mm -hmm. There was a lot of things that happened. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Both of you had finished Zelda 1 before we started, like, actually preparing to record. And I don't remember if we were still deciding, like, how, what the format was going to be or, like, what mm -hmm. we were going to do. Yeah, because then for a while we were considering, like, like streaming and... Oh, yeah, that's yeah. right. I forgot Stuff, about that. Yeah. And then I was like, no. Mm -hmm. <laughs> basically. Mm -hmm. It was yeah. like, ain't nobody... I don't have time for that, basically, is what I'm <laughs> <laughs> it's like we either stream or we and then i also was like how are we gonna stream for people who don't i don't know if i'm gonna leave this in or put it somewhere put it at the end or whatever but for people who don't know we live in three different places so i was like how can we stream mm -hmm. and like take turns playing games like are people gonna want to watch me struggle through a game consistently like how is this gonna work and then i was like it's too complicated and i decided not. Yeah. also like some of the games were like oh you're gonna have to i guess you'd have to have play like roms or you have to like hook up get like a special 3ds or something and like hook that up to stream it and i was like i'm not gonna figure all that out that's not happening mm -hmm. so it was quite not the all the games <laughs> no 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 like it would be really easy to stream the switch games and actually a lot of them now in after the time after after we had started playing the podcast that was when all the n64 games and like the a lot mm -hmm. of the nintendo switch online like the or whatever it's called now like the retro games started being released officially on nintendo switch so like mm -hmm. uh zelda one had been out before we started because that was how most of that was how all of us played it i think because i don't yes. have it i played it on a gba cart oh i forgot there's a port mm -hmm. a lot of the old games have a lot of ports yeah. except for fucking but, zelda too. <laughs> but now it's on switch um, <laughs> i know right yeah. we should have waited a year yeah. to do this podcast and we could have played all of them on switch yeah, I played. I would like to play Age of Calamity. I just kind of like didn't really enjoy the game that much, but I want to know what happens. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. I think it's <laughs> it's pretty fun when you get yeah. into it, but it's definitely a different style of gameplay. So it's just like, do you want to explode enemies on mass? <laughs> Go for it. And then it's like, there's no real like, I don't know. You can like get hurt, but there's not really a lot of consequences. So it's kind of. Like yeah, I think it's it's uh, it introduces more stuff as you go. Like there's different like combo attacks and like you can like build up a meter and stuff and some of the you also, don't you get like harder but kind you of like a RP... bunch of different characters and stuff yeah so. it's like a kind of like an rp uh where you have like extra characters that you can play so mm -hmm. yeah it's like it seems interesting i was just like i'd rather be playing breath of the wild <laughs> yeah <laughs> but mm -hmm. Anyway, it's but yeah, so fun, we should it's definitely we should a different <laughs> a different game than a Zelda game. Yeah, so. <laughs> it's not. But it works yeah, pretty yeah, well exactly. with the with the storyline of you I, know a war. <laughs> in that Hyrule, was why so. I bought it. Yeah, yeah, that was why I got it. I was like, this is this makes total sense. Mm -hmm. I was also telling yeah, Cosmo, I, I don't know how we ended up pretty fun Warriors. too. So yeah. yeah, well, we'll see. Yeah, I don't know. Japan does weird crossover spinoffs and stuff like that. <laughs> The um, Nobunaga's ambition Pokemon game. <laughs> <Stuff like that. laughs> what? Yeah, it's called like Pokemon like a Conquest or game? something. Yeah, there's like a <laughs> yeah, there's like a type of game that's like it's like the original one's called like Nobunaga's Ambition, and it's like this like sort of strategy game or whatever. And they made a Pokemon version of it called Pokemon Conquest, and like yeah, you're like conquering lands with your Pokemon and stuff. I never played it, but just the fact that it exists a makes me happy. A tactical role-playing game. Yeah. <laughs> wow. 
Mm. <laughs> wow. It's just like who decided on this crossover? I mean, it's great. <laughs> the greatest person. <laughs> I think they're just like, you know what? We have we have this property that makes a lot of money and this other property that makes a lot of money. What if and hear me out, what if we just combine them? And it's like yeah. and then they did like an easy way to make money. I mean, like <laughs> Yeah. We have Pokemon. Okay, I have really played it myself. Like but yeah. I played it for a They're little like, while. They're like Pokemon like, is someone's house, but <laughs> yeah, probably at Jane's probably. house. Maybe I think she, or I don't know, maybe not. <laughs> yeah, I don't even remember playing it that much. I definitely played it, but not that much. Yeah, it was pretty but it's fun. Like, Pokemon but... is a fighting game, quote unquote. Yeah. It's like, what if we made it more <laughs> fighting, less <laughs> cute? <Yeah. laughs> People didn't know of Ollie. Mm-mm. He was also just he was also just suspicious of Link, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he was just like, I don't know who you are. <laughs> hey, dude. He's just excited because we're talking about burbs, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> it must be really fun to play with a cage. <laughs> yeah. He seems to like doing that. <laughs> like, what am I missing out on? 